0: Bright suns, you're now listening to the Star Wars Friends Podcast on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. Punch it, Chewie! What have we here? Hello there. Morning, uh, Senator. Greetings, <laughs> my son. This is so wizardry. We are the ones who guard the power. We are the middle. The beginning. The <laughs> <laughs>
1: so who talks first you talk first i talk first you're a feisty little one but you'll soon learn some respect
0: so this is where the fun begins Uh uh-huh Conversation with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SW Friends Show. That's at SW Friends Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the Star Wars Friends at show at starwarsfriends.com if you have a comment or question you want us to read live on the show. Now here are your hosts, the Star hey, Wars friends. Hey, what's happening,
2: boys and girls of the internet world? My name is Christopher Marinen, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show on the No One Is Listening Podcast Network. And joining me are my very, very good Star Wars friends.
1: This is Josh, and I want to want to remind you guys: don't move. You can't see us if we don't move.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Okay.
1: <laughs> this, this is
4: Justin, and uh, Star Wars life finds a way. That's right
3: and this is Maggie and I will never say no to more Star Wars content.
2: That's right. That's right. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, is it not? I think uh, I'm excited about oh, yeah. today's episode very much. Uh, I'm glad to see you guys. I know that our listeners can't see us because they can't see us on Skype, but uh, I'm glad <laughs> to see you guys. It's been it's been a while since we've connected. It's been a week. It's a long time in quarantine era. It feels like 8 a years, week's a but long. uh yeah. good to see you guys. Good to hang out. I'm really excited about today's episode. I I am actually excited and nervous because uh, I, I have been noted on some of my other podcasts of not being such a huge Jurassic Park fan, and I cannot wait to dive into some connections with our guest today. I'm very excited to introduce author, producer, musician, podcast host, cat lover, and modern day renaissance man, Stephen Ray Morris. What's
5: going on, Stephen? How are you feeling today, Thank you. I'm feeling good. I've got a lightsaber in my hand. I was saying before we were podcasting, I didn't have any, I just have tons of like geek shit. But I was like, wait, I wear all my Star Wars figures. Uh, I guess I uh, I decided to, you know, just come strong with the lightsaber. Very so. strong. That's what Very we're going to do strong. today. <laughs> I was going to say, I wish people could see your guys' setup because I feel like, I feel like normally when I'm podcasting, everyone's backgrounds are kind of boring. And I, I, I had to explain all my, because you guys can see my setup, oh, yeah. all just the piles mm-hmm. of Jurassic Park and Legos and stuff, it's pretty uh, sweet, you know, though. but I feel like all your setups are like, like you guys should be like filming. Well, I guess maybe you are filming this, but like having, <laughs> you know, I, that's how I feel about podcasting though. It's like, I got into podcasting so nobody could see me. So, <laughs> wow. uh, but you know. I, I, I love all the baby Yodas. So many baby Yodas. Uh, we're surrounded This stuff is by
1: just for you guys. It's not for anybody else. Oh, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Well, I enjoy yeah. it. Yeah, it
2: adds some flavor to it for sure. I, uh, yeah, man. Like, we, so we do these video live chats. We're experimenting with it. Um, it's kind of fun, but at the same token, I am always kind of like conscious of like, okay, Should I take the solo poster down? Should I replace it? Like depending on who's on our show, whatever, you know, but, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate the toys. We are huge collectors on the Star Wars friends. So we're going to dive into a little bit of that along the way, but you know, there's, you are such a fascinating individual. You have, um, you know, doing some research on you. I was like, Oh yeah, I remember reading that article. Oh, i read that article too. So you've, you've published so many articles across the internet on, on well reputable sites. Um, and I remember reading some of your articles and going through your website, kind of, uh, you know, reliving some of those, you know, whether it be uh force awakens or last Jedi commentary, I really appreciate it. You had an article about background characters in the force awakens and, Yes, and to me that is like <laughs> super super Star Wars fan. Like the fact that you a noticed the, the background characters, but then you brought them to life. And mm-hmm. as 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 a diehard Star Wars fan, I respect that. And the way that you put things together is just incredible. But oh, you also have you. this prolific podcasting career, and you know really my, I just asked my fiance before I came up here. I'm like, Hey, you listen to my favorite murder. She's like, yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Uh, you're going to like this next show we're doing. Nice. Um, so very cool. And then you also, you do a podcast called the Percast, cast. And yes. I find that to be as a cat lover. I find that oh, to amazing. be amazing. So with that, I want to know you, you are so as well established. How did you get into podcasting? Was it something? Sure, yeah. Did you go to broadcasting school or just
5: a hobby? I mean, I I went to film school, I went to UCSB, and they were kind of a school that it was film theory and, you know, discussion and stuff, which obviously helped in writing and everything. And and truly, it's funny, you just made me think like, oh, I kind of miss that I didn't get to write during the Rise of Skywalker era. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like when force, because my Internet writing was, yeah, truly like 2014, 15 you know kind of through the last jedi and so to me that was always so exciting about being like a fan and actually getting to write stuff and getting to participate whereas like i mean maybe like star wars fans in the 80s were writing zines and stuff and doing kind of what we're doing now but just in a different format but Mm -hmm. uh just getting to be part of it in that sense and everything and uh but yeah so when i went to to school like It was mostly film theory. So if you wanted to make stuff, you kind of had to do it on your own. You had to kind of take the initiative, which, you know, when podcasting started, you know, nobody knew you could make any money on it or like anything like that. Like it wasn't a career. It wasn't a thing you could like people like major in podcasting now, which is insane insane. to me. (laughs) And so I think moving to L.A., you kind of really have to be a self-starter and like otherwise you can get kind of lost in the weeds a little bit as far as like you know, what you're going to do. And um, yeah, I was just writing, you know, trying to do all that stuff. But to me, like I would go to comedy shows, I would go to events and people would be like, oh, check out my podcast, check out my podcast. And I'd be like, oh, these are all the funniest people, the really interesting people. I want to hear them more. And so for me, that was kind of how I got into it because I was like, oh, this is cool. I want to try it myself. And I did do like the thing that I gravitated towards the most in school was doing sound anyway. So it was like, well, I already kind of know how to do this. And then especially when I started doing podcasts, like the podcast was like the first thing I did. And it gave me the courage to like ask strangers like, oh, do you want to be in my like,
2: you know, comedians
5: that I admired and stuff. And then eventually there were comedians and performers being like, wait, you know how to do this. I don't know how to do this and I don't want to learn. So I was like, I'll do it, you know, and then it kind of just took off from there because, yeah, it's like there was a period uh, where there was tons of podcasts being started by people who didn't necessarily like, you know, have the know-how. And I was like, well, I know how, so I kind of, I feel like I kind of right place at the right time in a sense. Yeah, and that's huge.
2: And and you you're a musician, so I would guess, you know, cuz that's my that's my professional background before I got into an actual, you know, career career. Um and I took a lot of my recording skills into podcasting. I love to have fun yeah. like, you know, with our with our bumper music and things like that, just editing music together, making sounds happen.
5: That's fun. Yeah. Um so that's that's fascinating. Talk a little bit about your music career. Well, I mean, music was more, I feel like especially now, because I don't really play as much anymore. It's truly just like you said, like podcasting theme songs or things like that. Sorry, there's might be some construction noise okay. right now. Unless that was an earthquake. <laughs> uh, that was that was crazy. <laughs> um But uh they just somebody just moved out. I think that's what it is. Yeah. But so yeah, so for music for me, I mean, music was like truly more of like a creative outlet. I never really had any intentions for it to be like my main thing, especially in LA, it feels like you kind of need a band or something like that. But when I, but when I was in school, I got involved in like the DIY community there. And so it was just like playing house shows. Everyone knew how to play the ukulele and a Casio keyboard. And in in a way I feel like that weirdly also is like that lends itself to like podcast theme Mm -hmm. song creation and stuff like that. So it feels like, to me, and also, just, I feel just—I feel like our generation just knows how to do a little bit of everything, and it's like, yeah, you know, we're I all agree. kind of work, working together to make our own things, and it's like, oh, you know how to make? You know, you know how to play the ukulele. Do you want to write the theme song for my podcast? I'll help you do this. Yeah, and it's kind of like a communally, like we're we're almost like our generation is like. I mean, I'm sure even Gen Z is even more this way, but it's like we're so much more communally organized with our skills now, and so. Mm-hmm music for me was just more, it's become more of like, here's a thing. If you need this or like, if I need to compose something real quick for a podcast, like it's, you know, I like also working with people to do stuff like that. But at the, sometimes you're like, it's midnight. I just need a little like, do like, I'll yeah. just do it myself.
2: <laughs> perfect. Perfect. So yeah, yeah. Uh, with as, with as many episodes that you've recorded in your podcasting career, I when I love asking folks that have have done this for a long time or some of the podcast OGs oh what <laughs> is your most memorable podcast for better or worse that you that you have ever done or maybe have been interviewed on what was your most memorable
5: one I mean the episode on My Favorite Murder where fireworks went off like right next to us <laughs> and like all the cats were like Meow! like everyone just like <laughs> fell out of their chairs and stuff that was pretty insane I mean, that was very memorable. i there was also there was a podcast I did for a while called Launch Left, where uh, it was Moon Zappa and Rain Phoenix still does it. Uh, but we had Michael Stipe on, and we were like, let's just sit outside. Like let's just, you know, like we're all yeah. feeling feeling the vibes. And we're all sitting there, and I have like my zoom in my lap and my, you know, half like it like sitting out of my backpack and all the mics like octopus out and everything yeah. like that. And then the sprinklers turn on oh. and it was just no. like, just like we're all just like got up and like ran and i remember like michael stipe like handing me back my zoom because he like grabbed it to like save it and it was just like oh thank you you know like that's that's that was very thoughtful because i feel like i mean not anybody nobody's really like this but it's just like the idea that like a podcast guest was like like you know i'm trying to carry like part of my setup and then he like was thoughtful and considerate enough to also make sure that I wasn't just left there, like with the ruined equipment. Like he was like, okay, I'll help you with your backpack and everything. So (laughs) I guess, I don't know why these disasters are the most memorable moments.
2: (laughs) That's okay. We're better or worse. Right. I mean, that, that is, that's, it, to us, you just telling that story and putting color to it. I mean, I imagine I was there watching it happen from a distance and laughing. Like it seemed like it, it was an amusing moment. So yeah. yeah. And
5: then, and then afterwards we, he wanted to go to some art show. So we like dropped him off, but we sat in like an hour of LA traffic where oh, I'm just wow. sitting in the back with Michael Stipe for like an hour, just being like, so how's <laughs> was Jay Z, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like, right. 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 <laughs> I don't like, is, that was, that was surreal as well too. Cause I felt like, cause sometimes too, I've noticed when you, if you've worked, if you've had guests on that are like first time podcasters, like sometimes you'll get their best stories after the things turned off, you yes. know, it's almost, so yes. I, I've, I've, de- there's been times where that's happened to me and then times where I'm like, well, I'm just going to talk to somebody for a half an hour before so that they like <laughs> warm up. That was like when I learned podcasting, somebody was like, start introducing it really quick so then like by the time you actually hit record they're like warmed up if if you know that about certain people but yeah Yeah. it but you know it just depends you know
2: for sure for sure now i want to dive into something um for my other podcast i do a podcast called no one is listening it's a whatever it's a geek culture cast it covers all bases but i've been a notorious jurassic park hater uh not necessarily Well, I mean, I have the confidence to tell you this face to Skype or whatever we call this. It's not necessarily face to face, but I'd see you. Um, (laughs) But I'm not, you know, here's the thing. I respect the franchise wholly. You know,
5: that's the thing is that, I feel like that's more than most people. So yeah. I, you're already, you're already being positive to me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, that you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, um, it's, it's not terrible. It's changed a lot of people's lives. I, I think about some of my best friends who love Jurassic park. I think about my nephew who's 14 and absolutely loves Jurassic park. Oh. Uh, I went to take him to the latest Jurassic park that I thought was going to be good, but both of us kind of scratched our head after it and we're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it was fine. But You host uh, See Jurassic Right, and I want to kind of talk a little bit about that. I know Josh is raring to go on some things, but I have a question. I just want to get out the gate and see if I can beat Josh to it. I want (laughs) to know, this is obviously a Star Wars podcast, and there are dinosaurs in Star Wars. There is a very famous Star Wars dinosaur that we talk about on this show from time to time. I want to know, uh, what are your thoughts on the Boba Fett dinosaur sequence in the holiday special and how that ranks as far as top dinosaur on-screen appearances? That's not what I was (laughs)
5: going to ask. Wow, the holiday special coming right out of the gate. Right out the gate. Right out the gate. I, I will say the time that I saw the holiday special, I don't remember because it was one of those... And I feel like this is... I feel like there was a time, especially because like our generation also had, like access to the holiday special, which I think maybe like, you know, you think about the weird Al video where it's like these handing a bootleg VHS of the holiday special or whatever, like, right. There was a time where people were just getting drunk and high and watching the holiday right, special. Sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I, and I will say I, that was one of those experiences. So <laughs> I honestly don't remember. The, yeah. That's or okay. Boba Fett secrets. Yeah. I remember seeing it and being like, Oh, this is the thing. Like, this is the introduction of Boba Fett. But I'll, I mean, truly, our group was just like wait, is this, like, is the, you know, the se- <laughs> the cooking sequence still going? Right, <laughs> right. Is the, like, right. is, is the, like uh, was it the grandpa who's, like, looking at the hologram? Oh, yeah. Like, the oh, hot yeah. lady, like, like that stuff. We were just kind of fast-forwarding through. So I, I I truly have never really revisited the holiday special since that, other than Stuff You Should Know did a great um, history, like, rap, like, oh, okay. uh, history of of the holiday special and how it was created. But it didn't really encourage me to go back, I guess. But, yeah. I think it's, it's a, I a weird mean, one. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: I'm trying to convince everyone on this show to to try to watch it and do a live podcast while watching it. Um because it is oh. so yeah. I, See, I love all the obscure, you know, just if it's terrible, I love it. I I can I literally can cherish both the great Star Wars and, like, the buried in dirt Star Wars. I love both spectrums of it. Um, Like, profoundly love it. And I bring up the Ewok movies often. I bring up the holiday special. Um, (laughs) I currently have the Droids um, uh, comic book. uh, They have, like, this beautiful hardcover book for the Droids comics. Currently reading that. It's terrible, but it's just so good. (laughs) It's just... It's so it's Star Wars. bad, it's good.
5: Um, <laughs> well, I, well, I will say to that, J, uh, Jurassic Park 3 just celebrated its 19th anniversary. Mm. And my, I mean pre uh pandemic and all that stuff but maybe things will be better around this time next year as far as movie theater experience you know yeah like i really want to do a jp3 like theater experience i feel like that's it's 90 minutes you're not wasting anybody's time yeah. i feel like people would be down to go to the movie theater and like re-watch that maybe there's not really any like catchphrases already but it's like there's something fun about see. it's like seeing Twister I would give anything to see Twister <laughs> in theaters again like that yeah. would be so much fun
4: oh yeah supposedly I feel like there's something they're remaking, to see are remaking that supposedly Wow. oh really
5: wow yeah, yeah. Oh, in the works or are they gonna like tie it in Force Awakens style where it's like Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton's <laughs> son and it's like <laughs> he's out in the you know it's like we've forgotten about tornadoes, you know, or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I heard tornadoes were a myth.
2: No. Right. Right. So with, with you
3: have his power,
2: <laughs> you are as a Jurassic park, uh, expert. I will, I'll just, I'll bestow if no one have, uh, has okay. ever called you an expert before in Jurassic park, I'm going to say it right now. Um, you know how does how does the Jurassic Park fandom this is also a heavy hitting question because the Star Wars community and fandom is is such a, a hotbed of opinions <laughs> and uh, controversy, and you got to tiptoe around certain things. How does the Jurassic Park fandom because I'm completely unfamiliar with it. How does that kind of match up or
5: um rival the Star Wars fan community? Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because again, as somebody who loves Jurassic Park, I also realized too because I really fell out of Jurassic Park kind of around Jurassic Park three as well. It's like you're you're getting in a high school, yeah. You know, you're like I'm I, I like Incubus and you know sure. rock rock music or what and, you know like that kind of thing. So I kind of fell out of it too. I again, like everyone our age, it's like perfectly time to get out of something when it yeah. was like mm-hmm. like I imagine being like. I don't know, like 16 and seeing the Game of Thrones finale when you're like a, like a, I mean, I guess, I don't know if your parents would let you watch Game of Thrones. I don't know <laughs> what the kids do these days, but uh, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just, just when something gets bad and it's like, but, and then you're, you're at a point in your age where you're like, well, I'm ready to not like this thing anymore. You know, it's like mm-hmm. you're, you're getting out of a fandom in a sense when you're at the perfect age to like age out of it or whatever. Um, but with Jurassic Park. So yeah, for me, it wasn't really until there was like, YouTube, like, unboxing stuff. I rediscovered some Jurassic Park trading cards at a flea market or, like, at a, I don't know, like, a vendor kind of thing here that they have in Southern California where, like, essentially vendors from, like, cons would go during the year and sell their stuff. So there was, like, an old box of, like, Jurassic Park trading cards that I found. And then the 20th anniversary of Jurassic Park, that really was, like, oh, there's actually, like... And then I started to explore online and be, like, oh, there actually is a fandom out there. Yeah, And it's... I mean, it's, I, and I wonder if it's like this with the sequel or like, you know, I mean, Star Wars kind of has like three, I mean, three different movie eras to work from, whereas Jurassic Park only kind of has two. And it's like the, the, the gap in between is so big that I think that right now there's this almost kind of grappling with like, oh, there's a whole generation of people who like love Jurassic World and love that. Just it, it's like, I don't know if like, I don't want to like. They're not the same as the prequels, but it's almost like that same kind of feeling. Like I feel like mm-hmm. now, as adults, we're sort of realizing that oh, there were people who were like ten when uh, like even a um, Revenge of the Sith came out. Right. You know, I was eighteen when it came out, and so you know, I like those movies. But there's like a certain fondness that you have. You know, I like. I feel like our journey, or at least I'll speak for myself. I think I'm coming around to being like, well, Episode One is my favorite prequel because. Yes. It has those feelings and, like, the things mm-hmm. that, like, the nostalgia and stuff. And so I think Jurassic Park, as we're getting into this, like, third Jurassic World movie, I think a lot of us are kind of realizing, oh, there's this whole generation of Jurassic World, uh, like, fans. And, I mean, I think because we don't have a lot to go on, I think we're, we're very jealous of, like, Star Wars and, like, Marvel <laughs> fans and stuff because... We got one tie-in book for Fallen Kingdom. We got one. Wow. We got like a history of Claire, and it actually like ties into some stuff with like Lost World and Jurassic Park three and stuff, which is like really cool for lore. But like Jurassic Park, we're like starving for lore, and <laughs> on my podcast all the time, I'm always talking about how like you know I, I even just mentioned in an episode I put up last night of like the road to Force Awakens and the you know that kind of stuff. Like we don't have any yeah. of that. Yeah. To park and. I think there's a little bit of, like, jealousy for that, for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think, like, the positivity and things like that, too, I think it, you know, I think there's that same element of, like, guys, like, we all love this stuff. I think with, like, Jurassic Park, though, it's kind of funny because there's so few movies and stuff. There's these certain arguments that come that are, like, still the same, like, 20 (laughs) years later, where it's like, how does T-Rex, like... That wait, there wasn't a drop before, and now there's a drop. Like, what's that plot? Like, okay, but now here's a diagram of like how the Rex got over the fence, and yeah. like people arguing about. I mean, the same kind of like prequely kind of thing of like the Spinosaurus kills the T Rex in JP three, and some people are like, "Screw the Spinosaurus," and then <laughs> you have the, and then you have this whole nostalgia thing where all of a sudden people like our age are like loving the spinosaurus and i was like wait a minute when you were 14 on dan's jp3 page like you know the old forums like you were railing against the spinosaurus and now you love it and it's like that's just your nostalgia glasses and so it's to me there's like a little bit of absurdity in that sense in a a good way and like a in a good natured kind of way and then there's the whole element of jurassic park fandom where it is like the people who are just constantly being like you know, this isn't realistic or whatever, sure. but I, I, I feel like at this point, those are like, I don't, I don't know what the equivalent would be in like Star Wars fandom, but it's like, yeah, we get it. We know they should have had feathers. Like, yeah. it's like, it's like yeah. the old crazy drunk that hangs out at the bar that you love. And <laughs> right. you're like, all right, George, like we get it, you know, like, <laughs> like nobody's mad about it anymore. Like we all know, you know, yeah, the most like, recent thing on that note is for the rise of Skywalker when they
2: had the, uh, the horses on the star destroyer complaint. Like, like, yeah, I get it, man. Like these giant Star Destroyers also just emerged from like 40 kilometers of ice in like a weird, like (laughs) uncharted planet. Of course, like there's horses riding on them. Like there's space wizards
1: with laser swords. (laughs) What are we arguing about? What is going on? Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like
4: that. It's like Fast and Furious franchise where it started off as just regular <laughs> street racing. Yeah. And now oh, they're, they're like now
3: they're going to space, they're, they're going to space going and they're that? fighting,
4: you know, uh what's his name? Um in the last one. He's like Superman, he's super strong and like some kind of Yeah, Adrius Selva. <laughs> and then uh and then you know, they're fighting uh, Charlize Theron on a nuclear sub in the middle right. of Siberia. Like, how did we go from street racing to this? <laughs> right. So, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying.
2: I have seen more Jurassic Park movies than Fast and Furious movies. But I'm still... I, how, how do you feel, Stephen, about a crossover between Jurassic Park and Fast and Furious?
5: Well, I mean, truly, that is something that I feel like is a genuine... Like, it's a thing... I mean, I've joked about it plenty of times, but I just... It feels like a genuine possibility knowing yeah, right. Universal the way that they are, and it's actually funny because recently, I don't know if you've seen, but essentially, it's like anything like with Star Wars, it's like yeah, they're not going to be done after this. Like right. Jurassic World Three is going right. to come out. Like they're not going to just finish. Like they literally just rebuilt. They're building a new roller coaster at Universal yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for Jurassic World. Like this is this like they don't end franchises now just because they're done. Like, there's right, right. if it's making money and it's doing well, they're going to redo it or they're going to make more of it. But there was actually a great Forbes article that talked about how they're actually repositioning Jurassic Park to be more like the Fast and the Furious franchise where how they brought every, like, they connected everything for, I think it was, like, four, and then to kind of breathe new life in it. Like, instead of being, you know, car stuff, now it's like they're on heists and they're secret agent like, yeah. superheroes and stuff. Well, they're, like, kind of doing that with this new Jurassic uh, world movie where they're literally bringing back every character from all the old movies. Like, oh, okay. basically, anyone who survived, essentially, for the most part, is like coming back because they're almost going to be like, all right, Jurassic World Dominion is going to be like the first of like, and now you're going to see like all these people go off and, you know, it. And so, on that respect, like you just imagine there's like a post credit scene in Dominion, and it's like you hear just like the revving of engines, and it's like Blue and Dominic Toretto just like (laughs) meeting up in the middle. It's like, you're family, you're a raptor family, you know, or something like that. Like, it's just like, it's not, I mean, especially because like even at Universal Studios, like that shit mixes up all the, they do that shit all the time. So, honestly, it doesn't really seem out of the realm of possibility, (laughs) which I don't know what that says about Jurassic Park, but. I mean, I feel like it lends some gravitas to Fast and the Furious,
1: personally. For <laughs> sure. Agreed. Uh. Chris, there is one potential positive to a Jurassic Park Fast and the Furious crossover. Oh. Dwayne The Rock Johnson in a Jurassic Park movie. Ooh, Yes, Ooh. it
2: would
3: be like Jumanji.
2: I was going to say. I could
3: picture him in that Jumanji yeah. outfit. Mm-hmm.
5: He so punches who, the dinosaur.
2: <laughs> would, uh, would The Rock be a villain or a uh, hero in the Jurassic Park Fast and Furious crossover? Would he fight dinosaurs or so. cool.
5: rescue dinosaurs? Well, for me, the way I had the way I had imagined it is <laughs> is because you have to kind of you have to sell the concept that they can cross over. So I would say that you actually have a Fast and the Furious movie that has Blue in it. So because at the end of oh. Fallen Kingdom, Blue goes off on her own. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay Bayona, yeah. that that final shot is supposedly the neighborhood from ET. Like that, like I don't know if it's literally like that that Jay Bayona was saying, but. Um, you know, sort of feeling-wise, like the neighborhood in ET. So, like, Blue somehow gets to Southern California. She like, there's she's
3: th- finding her own way. <laughs>
5: yeah, exactly. It's Three years before, you know, because the three years in between each Jurassic movie. So, in between uh, Fallen Kingdom and Dominion, she goes on an adventure with uh, the Fast and Furious gang, and then like they need, like uh, Claire and
4: and Owen need help, and so Blue is like.
5: I got my family here you
4: know and it's like yeah. the, you know well, now, now you're getting into a whole different crossover though now you're getting into Dino Riders yes does oh, anybody remember those yes. now you're getting into that's a whole now you've created a whole <laughs> new universal franchise in Dino Riders well that's how they get the dinosaurs to start having guns it's
5: like you need right. to introduce right. you know yep. Fast right. and Furious otherwise yeah. it doesn't feel realistic no. yeah
4: I love, <laughs> I
5: love this. I love this. I love this.
3: Blue shows back up and arms all the other dinosaurs like, helmet, like let's get yes, out of here, bitches. Helmet
5: with rockets yeah. and. Yeah. She too. is the yeah. She's the um. The she's the like Wallace the yes. the like you know the, like for free to, you know yes. Kind of. yes
2: people are tuning into the Star Wars friends and getting a, heap, a heaping dose of dinosaur talk and wondering what
1: the hell is going right. on here. Like, Nothing wrong you? with that. No. Hello there, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and resident John Williams 1%er. Do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you show off your elite status to those around you. Not only has John won countless awards and accolades, Oscars, Grammys, etc., but the apple does not fall too far from the tree either. His son joseph williams is the lead singer of the grammy award-winning band toto make sure to stay on target and listen to the star wars friends podcast every week for more john williams content
3: hello there i'm
1: obi-wan kenobi uh
4: hey hey obi-wan um you good there, you good there, bud? What do you mean, my friend? I'm, I'm, I'm just introducing myself in the Star Wars Freds podcast. Well, well, yeah, but um, you do know that you're me and, and, and I'm you. How do you mean, my friend? Well, you know, I'm, I'm voice acting you. The voice kind of live up in my head, right? But I'm Master Obi Wan. Can you just let him do his bit? Like I, I don't think you see what he's trying to do here. Like what he's telling you is that you live in a space in this kid's brain, this little 18-year-old's brain, and you're not actually real. I, I failed to see how that's the reality. Anakin, frankly, I'm, I'm confused. Well, well, yeah, Obi-Wan, I, I get that you're confused. C- can we just cut to the... Uh, no, no, my friend, I need to figure this out. By the end of this podcast, I will have figured out who I am, what I want, what I'm going to do. R- r- right, no, no, I, I, I get it. I do. Um,
1: I, I just think you're kind of dragging this little section on like a long time, probably longer than the Star Wars Friends podcast wants it to go. Well
4: do do look I I, I I i obi-wan you're confused i get it these are confusing times unprecedented maybe i'm sure you've heard that word before and you'll probably hear it a billion more times master obi-wan i think what he's trying to say is that you should just be happy to be here on the star wars friends podcast it's a good day to be a star wars friend can we just like move on please well uh, all right, all right i suppose that would be a, a good idea Hey, I'm Kevin Cabral, and you're watching the Star Wars Friends Show. Happy to be a Star Wars friend.
0: We hope you're enjoying this interview with podcasting legend Stephen Ray Morris on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now back to the Star Wars friends.
2: Uh, Now, do we see? Let's let's kind of let's kind of pivot a little bit. (laughs) Have anyone has anyone ever thought The Rock belongs in a Star Wars movie or live action show? Do we see The Rock being in this? Everything really?
1: I would put The Rock in anything really, as the Scorpion King. Like, he would emerge no, the with scorpion the same... King. <laughs> give me a break how do we see i love chris can, i love chris can. like his first movie he was ever his first movie he was ever in that was terrible like that's that's your frame of reference <laughs> wait for did the Rock. you come out that's before scorpion king or uh um, no, Scorp- scorpion okay. king was okay, first but Take scorpion it from me.
3: king always makes me think of um maul when he doesn't have Aha. his legs
2: yes oh so, yes
3: like could be could be yeah
2: so do we genuinely think the rock would be in a star wars film at some point maybe the taika watiti film coming up in 18 years whenever disney gets around (laughs) to it um thanks coven so you could see
5: that you could see like you'd have to sell they'd have to like reframe his style of acting and i feel like taika watiti could do it in a way that like maybe he's almost i mean i think of like fallen order and What's the name of the like the um, when you're in the like the pit and you're like fighting Mm -hmm. like you could kind of see him as I feel like the rock could be like almost kind of a pseudo celebrity for whatever he does in Mm -hmm. the Star Wars world. And it I think you could frame his heightened kind of showmanship in a way that feels like natural instead of trying to make him like a Star Wars actor. Yeah, yeah. Sort of elevate using like use his skills you yeah. know in that sense
4: live he has to action to arc record. His yeah he yes, could be a live exactly. action
2: record that would be <laughs> you he would be good there or a republic oh he'd commando. be amazing
3: as record yeah. oh my god interesting
2: okay i've never thought about the rock in star wars this has gone down some very dark paths uh <laughs> right now so um let's let's kind of loop back into star wars here um so with that um dinosaurs in star wars what do you have do you have any context with this and this i promise will be the last dinosaur question maybe i asked today um but there was Actually, Someone who
3: hates Jurassic Park. There was <laughs> yeah, <on> right. <laughs> right.
2: There was some controversy. Do you guys remember this on on Twitter? Uh, there was some controversy maybe a year ago that poor Matt Martin at Missing Words had to deal with uh, some haters that were mad that they were going to be introducing dinosaurs into Star Wars. And he was like- well, Wasn't it like on the dry erase board or something? Yeah, and it was on the dry just, erase like, board for the High Republic. Yeah, that's yes. hilarious. And, oh my God. And a bunch of people, of course, naturally, got up in arms and very upset about the fact that they wrote dinosaurs next to the force or dinosaurs <laughs> next to like the Falcon. I don't know, but it like-
3: okay. I made fan art for this. I, I made, I, the I the made a thing that said, like, put dinosaurs in Star Wars or yes. something. Let me see if I could find that yes. and retweet yes. that Please. in preparation Please.
2: for this. So, yeah. Stephen, what are your thoughts on dinosaurs in Star Wars?
5: I mean, you know, I mean, what's what's the name of the rabbit that was in the old Marvel comics? Jackson. Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I really like the idea of a history of Star Wars. You know, I mean, you think of, like, you know, KOTOR and stuff. Like, yeah. there should be... Or, or like I was recently reading some, I mean, and I don't know how canon this is anymore, but like even just the evolution of like how Coruscant was settled and, you know, I mean, it, it makes sense that, you know, you've had thousands of years to work with. It makes sense that you could, I mean, if you can make humans, you can make dinosaurs kind of thing. Sure. I, I, I think it's totally possible. I mean, yeah, in a way it's, it's interesting with. With the High Republic, because it's not even that long ago. So, right. how do you have dinosaurs then, but not have them now? You know, right, if anything, right. but but the concept. I mean, you could totally fit in. I guess the only question is: is they are they sentient dinosaurs, or are they just ancient uh, creatures? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. I think of like the Courtship of Princess Leia, where it was uh, uh, was it Dathomir, which had all the rancors and stuff, or what, what was the planet in yeah. the Courtship of yeah. Princess? Leia? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So it's okay. like you could you could have a planet you know with you know with dinosaurs i don't know how you get them across worlds but i think it's totally doable
1: oh yeah yeah and what like what is a dinosaur in star wars cuz we we yeah. we have crate dragons mhm we have Cannon. mythosaurs we don't know if mythosaurs were reptilian or not are like our clone tra- wars. The what's big, that
4: what's the one in clone wars that they dig out from underground and it was rekin oh, havoc on the Zillow beast, beast? They, the Zillow yeah, beast yeah yeah, yeah. the zillo yeah. beast is essentially a dinosaur yeah. <laughs> Um, um, like
1: our transoceans, dino- like Trandocians you know? are sentient <laughs> uh,
2: reptilian dinosaurs, possibly. Um, yeah. I would go. I would even go as far as blurgs, which are in Mandalorian live action. I love the blurgs, and let's not forget when people freaked out. The first thing Cheer I decks. thought of was one of the biggest changes that George Lucas made in the re-release of A New Hope. Was the addition of the CGI Ronto outside oh. of the Moss Eisley Cantina when he gets spooked by the Speeder? Um, and I have eaten many Ronto wraps at Galaxy's <laughs> Edge, so this is canon. Uh, oh no, you do- can these- eat Rontos?
5: Yeah, oh yeah, man. It's, oh. yeah,
2: yeah. They're delicious little tubed meats uh, that that are taste like Rontos, apparently, or hot dogs, whatever. Um,
5: well, well, wasn't didn't ILM actually use something from like either the Brachiosaurus CGI model and fucked with it? sort of mess oh, you, with it. Yeah, I don't know you, if you no, I, I dropped it. I do, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I mean, I have just memories growing up, like watching special edition stuff. I, mm-hmm. I feel like there was something about like taking some models from Jurassic Park and, Oh, that would, you know, that kind would make of, sense. Using him and so, I mean the even as a kid or like as an adult learning that George Lucas supervised the sound edit and the sound mix of Jurassic Park is still kind of like a wild fact to me because Steven Spielberg was off doing uh Schindler's List so yeah. uh when they you know did the sound mix at ILM for Jurassic Park it was literally George Lucas directing the sound mix of Jurassic Park that's which crazy. I feel like not that many people know I had no clue I did, yeah, I did not know that know. There's that's those kind of collaborations like that. that like I mean, you know, that kind of, that generation of directors and stuff, like they all kind of helped each other out, you yeah, know?
2: Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I think we, we kind of, we're starting to see that now with John Favreau, Dave Filoni bringing together mm-hmm. these incredible directors now for Mandalorian. I'm excited to see what happens in season two. Uh, I know that they did announce a few directors. I, Rick, um, uh, who is it? Richard Rodriguez. Um, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He's going to be um, directing. Peyton Reed, right? Yeah.
5: Yeah. So Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's coming back. Speaking of Jurassic. Love that.
2: Yeah. Love that. Her episodes were fantastic. Uh, And we'll see what happens. I think, I don't know who else was announced or I might just be missing them right now, but they did such a fantastic job with season one and those gallery shows on Disney plus really give you an insight (laughs) on how well they collaborate together. So yeah, we're starting to see that with a new wave, a new generation of directors and creatives. So that's pretty exciting, especially exciting for star Wars and where we're going to be going with content, but let's, Let's go back in time. I want to know one of our one of my favorite questions I love to ask our guests on the Star Wars Friends podcast is their origin story, because everyone experiences Star Wars in their own unique way. We have common threads across how we got into it. And I would be fascinated to know on what are what is your particular origin story in Star Wars? How did you get into it? Do you remember your first movie experience? Like, go ahead and, and let's let's listen in.
5: Well, it's funny because when, uh, the rise of Skywalker came out, I mean, I was somebody who, uh, I was very lucky. I got to see it a couple days early. Um, no breath, no humble, whatever, Home you know, break. <laughs> I brag. <I'm a> <laughs> uh, no, I, you know, I just had, I mean, you know, just in LA, you know, we know a lot of people who get sure. tickets to go see stuff early. So I was, I was really excited. I got to see it early. Uh, and th- this might be my only negativity and then I'll move on from there. I, I, the Rise of the Skywalker is the only movie that I've ever because I, I just want to love things, you know. That's yeah. that's why I, I like love this podcast. It's like positivity and everything like that. And so for me, The Rise of the Skywalker is the first movie I've ever seen where I didn't like it the first time I saw it. It was such a weird feeling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, and I've since then gone on to to love it and stuff like that. But in a way, like this kind of reminds me of my origin story, which is like when I was a kid, all the Star Wars movies were on TBS and you were watching you know uh darth vader and obi-wan kenobi fight and then all of a sudden you know here's the the wampas you know and here's at at walkers all of ewoks like to me like my first experience with the first three movies was like it was just all a blur and yeah. so you know that's that to me was then like just reminding me like originally what i loved about star wars and so the rise of the skywalker is the rise of skywalker right or am, i'm always yeah, getting no, that yeah, title yeah, wrong
2: Yeah,
5: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh but like it it Uh, you know, it's going to be part of just the canon of the things and I'm just going to love rewatching it. And so for me, that, that was kind of my way into like really loving it. It, Like, that's just, you know, it's just part of the, the, the tapestry of it. And so, but I mean, again, being like the age I am being like 33, it's like that Kenner toy line, like in 90, like I think 95 or something like just builder line. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) uh, I wish I had some of those still with me. Uh, but uh, like, I that was such a perfect time because Star Wars was on like TBS or whatever. I had the the those black VHSs. Mm-hmm. Like that was like those were my weapons, you know. Oh, yeah. And then so then it was like the perfect time for like, you know, I was the perfect age for the special editions, you know, being ten years old yeah. when they came out. And I, I recently said this because there was another like. I don't know if Maggie, if even if it was something that you tweeted about like Star Wars memories or something like that. But like, I remember being a kid, like reading the expanded universe novels and, mm-hmm. you know, getting into all that stuff. And my family, we were going to go see a new hope special edition. And it was that thing of like waiting outside the movie theater, you know, that remember that experience, <laughs> like oh, waiting yeah, for movie, like oh, standing yeah. in line all that stuff. I mean, yeah, uh but um so I was like 10 years old and, you know, it was like, okay, we got our tickets, but here, you know, here's this long line for ticket or to wait for an actual seat. And it's like, I'm 10 years old, just like reading Courtship of a Princess Leia or Rogue, <laughs> one of the Rogue Squadron novels or whatever. Oh, yeah. And it's like, like, I'm like, I'm good to hold the line. so the rest of my family went to lunch, <laughs> like my dad, my stepmom, my sister, my yes. stepbrother. And then I was just this 10-year-old little me, like, sitting in the lawn chair and just, like, reading, like, I think it was Courtship or Princess Lay. I don't know why that's the one I keep bringing up. But, like, and it's, like, adults were being, like, are you here by yourself? You're, like, no, my family's at lunch. They're, like, they made you wait in line by yourself. (laughs) And I was, like, hey, I'm reading this book. I don't know. I'm good. Like, I'm I'm solid, you know? So that was, I mean, yeah, truly, I mean, like, I love Star Wars, you know, as much as Jurassic Park and everything. I think obviously Jurassic Park has been more like specific to me, but, uh, and because I love dinosaurs, but I mean, Star Wars has been, you know, I remember, I remember every opening day for every movie. Like it was like a group of us went to go see, uh, uh episode one after school. And I had like my Naboo starfighter shirt. I had the, I still have in the bathroom. I still have my Darth Maul Taco Bell, uh, yes, cup top. Yes. Yes. Well, I will actually, you might, you guys may know him. um, uh, Admiral Jello J. Shaw on Twitter. Yes. So we went to elementary school together. And oh my gosh, what a we, connection. We, we, saw, um, we saw episode one together. And yeah, it was just like, and it's funny too, because yeah, like as I've gotten back into Star Wars fandom as an adult, I've seen him around and and stuff like that, which is really cool. But um, but yeah, like one of my first dates was episode two, which is the worst, oh, <laughs> which is one of the worst Oh my god! ever go on. Great
3: like, date movie.
5: nothing more romantic than like watching like, and it can be oh sand. and it's like you're like trying to hold hands with the you know it's <laughs> but um you know waiting in line to see um oh well that's the reason why i have a plastic lightsaber not a nice one because i remember when i saw revenge of the sith at midnight uh remember those really nice lightsabers like the 100 dollar ones oh, that were yeah. like oh so- yeah so there was two people fighting in the parking lot with those and somebody was <laughs> just like hit really hard and and it was like and like the other person's lightsaber, <laughs> like, like, and then oh, they tried no. to turn it back on, and it went. It was like, and it only went back halfway, and yeah. it was like, oh, I was like, <laughs> no. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna bring a, a lightsaber to a Star Wars, you know, premiere to a, to a screening. I am like, I am bringing a five dollar one. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna, good, call. good uh, call. But yeah, I mean, that was that was. I mean, my adolescence was you know the guide to vehicles and vessels. It was you awesome. know. Get Jedi Academy trilogy, like all that stuff. Like that was, yeah, growing up, I was totally full expanded universe all the way. And yeah,
2: you're speaking our language. We uh, yeah, that's... we call ourselves. You know, we we kind of grew up in the novel generation because we grew up between mm-hmm, yeah. the OT and the PT. Um, I'm 35, so a couple of years older than you. So, you know, I definitely grew up reading those books. I had the same experience with the VHS tapes and you know, um, <laughs> going over to my friend's house watching Empire Strikes Back, and he had all the toys and I didn't. And it was like kind of that that memory <laughs> I've always kept with me. Uh, but the theater experiences are always fascinating to me because I remember. Don't have a lot of great memories being a kid, but some of the best memories are tied to seeing those Star Wars movies at the theaters and waiting yeah. in line outside. Is just you don't do that anymore. I mean, yeah. we we just had a guest on a couple months ago who I uh, believe she lives in Florida, um, and she goes to the movie theater kiosk to buy tickets rather than buy online. Wow. And I, I was like, that is awesome because he just there. Remember going to Ticketmaster? I would have to go to a grocery store to buy concert tickets. Uh um, yeah, at the concert. I miss it. So you you brought up a really interesting um you know just a a memory of mine. You know, so this is what it's all about. It's it's <laughs> it's a common thread that we all share and that's fascinating. Yeah, I, I mean miss, I, I, I miss think, that experience.
5: I mean, I think as adults we just try and supplement that. At least in LA it's really nice because the Arclight movie theaters have a restaurant and a bar and so
2: oh, yeah. you, know, you
5: can kind of get together oh, yeah. and do stuff. I remember when uh I remember when Fallen Kingdom came out. We uh, I got a group together and we saw it at um, the movie theater that's next to Universal Studios. So we were like, we went to Margaritaville. Wow and then you know, so we got the full Jurassic experience going from Margaritaville straight to the theater to watch it. So it's like there's ways to do it now, but there's nothing like I remember seeing Spider-Man 2 at midnight and watching Spider-Man one on a laptop while waiting in line, but we didn't time it (laughs) out right. So like the last 10 minutes, we just had to fast, somebody was holding it and we were like, had it on like times 1.5 speed as we were walking into the theater. So we (laughs) make sure, so we at least got to like, at least we visually saw the end of it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
5: Stuff like that. Like that probably doesn't happen anymore.
2: Love it. Love it. So, Attack of the Clones is not a great date movie as you established, <laughs> but I would love to know what is your favorite Star Wars movie uh we have a general consensus here on our show, and I would be fascinated to see how it plays out with us.
5: It's funny. I actually was writing down some stuff to talk about and I was about to do my ranking again. It's always different every time for me, but mm-hmm. it's a new hope. I mean it's just oh, it's
2: okay yeah.
5: I, I love Empire Strikes back it I it's number two for me. yeah, it's probably. It's probably new hope empire last jedi but like uh yeah i mean a new hope it's just the the it's you know it's the first time you know it's it's all those things it's the adventure it it, it's funny because i feel like a lot of people talk about how it it, like it's almost like if they never made another one like you could a new hope could stand out on its own but it's like really funny because it almost doesn't but like it's okay in a way like yeah. Darth Vader <laughs> flying off. Like you're not like, wait, but well, what, you know, like you're, you you kind of don't question it even as a kid. Like it's, it weirdly, even though it allows itself to have a breadth of things around it that have come to, you know, come around it and everything, there's still something so magical about it, even just a new hope by itself.
2: Yeah. Have you, have you ever gone back and watched the original, original cut like on YouTube or uh, any type of website uh, that I just did that last year, and it is, well, A, compare it to the Disney Plus 4K version. It's a totally different experience, but have you ever gone back and watched any of that
5: original, you know,
2: the original cut?
5: No, but I mean truly I, I, I mean I just haven't, I guess, spent the time. I mean, I, I've always just kind of followed it along with the different releases. Um, I haven't actually watched any of them. Actually, that's not true. I've i put them on Disney Plus. Yeah. But I haven't like sat down and like watched them. Uh but yeah, I haven't I mean I I imagine with all the sort of special edition stuff removed, it probably feels even more complete, you know? Or like self-contained.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I never felt a need to like people. People complain about the stuff that George changed, but when, so I'm 34, so I'm like right in that same gap with you. And I like, when you're, when you're, I maybe saw the original trilogy pre special edition, maybe like a handful of times, but when you grow up, you, you know, watching that, uh, gold special edition box set over mm, and over again, yes. you don't even care about the changes. Cause that's no. the movie for you. Right. Yeah. like Totally. That
3: was my like go-to as a kid.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: How do you feel about the edit to Return of the Jedi with Hayden Christensen? Whoa, hot, Ooh,
5: this is a hot, good this is that's spicy. A great hot, spicy. Okay. <sighs> Love this. I question. mean, it is just I, uh, uh, as somebody who like loves lore and like enjoy like I'm not like a stickler for the consistency kind of thing, like I, ultimately it's like The the just having like worked like even when I was like starting to write for websites, that was a lot because I was working a day job where I like worked on music videos and TV show like um you know like title sequences and stuff. So like (laughs) uh, I always feel like the you know, the the necessities of like of like production and behind the scenes stuff always I'm like, well that's that way because it was made that way. Like it's not the, you know, trying to find some lore way to like explain it. Sometimes I feel like it's, especially with Jurassic park two. And I think with star Wars to some extent or with any movie, like you're always trying to explain like a, just a reality of the production with a lore explanation. Mm-hmm. And that this is just all a long way of being like, I just, it, it feels wrong, but I want to like it. Yeah. And if that makes sense. Yeah. Does that, I mean, how do you guys feel about this? I actually haven't talked to too many people about this recently, or like in a while.
1: I like that he's trying to connect the two trilogies, but I feel like it also <laughs> undermines the fact that, like, Vader was redeemed before he died, so he shouldn't yeah. be his young yes. self.
2: Yes. Yeah. yeah, I can't, I don't have a good, I don't have a good retort to that. I mean that kind of that's the nail in the coffin as far as the argument is <laughs> concerned. So, <laughs> I, will, I wanted to get mine
1: in cuz I was like I know this is it.
2: Like <laughs> Yeah, that's that you can't really argue that. But I will tell you I it's mean, like a, yeah. just a popcorn flick. as just watching it for pure enjoyment. I love seeing hate in there, but I also it I just watched Return of the Jedi a couple of weeks ago and it just instantly triggered me to rise of Skywalker ending where Hayden was, uh, Hayden was not included in that final Skywalker lineup. And I just, it it just, it brought, it it triggered me the wrong way. Um, and it it just, one of those things. I mean, yeah, Josh, you're right. You hit it right on the head. You can't argue that, but I, I wish Josh had
3: the perfect answer. (laughs) Yeah.
2: But I do like, I mean what I do as a fan I like seeing Hayden in, in the ending. I yeah. was never a big fan of Sebastian Stan. I mean, whatever. I, I have his action figures. I mean, that makes me a, a fan, I guess, but I'm not like I'm not gonna go out and paint fan art of him. Um but you know, I do like seeing Hayden though. You're right, that common link between the prequels, it's it's a good tie-in.
5: I don't know. Well I well I wonder too if like I mean it's the same thing with replacing Jeremy Bullock's voice for Boba mm, Fett, you know, yeah. it's similar like I guess that's where we're more okay with it. I mean, I'm sure some people aren't, but like it's it's the same. But I wonder too if maybe the Hayden Christensen thing works better if you watch Star Wars in the order of ah. uh, four, or five, going back, and then watching Return of the Jedi, like learning the history of Darth Vader as Luke's fought. Like I wonder then that Hayden Christensen connection works better if you watched in that
4: order.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've never awesome. done
5: that. The, the only edit that I don't
2: agree with is this new McClunky edit. I just wish they would stop tinkering. I mean, really, I'm going to die on this Hill. I just, I just wish they would stop fiddling with this Han Solo scene. I don't understand why they just mess with Han so much. Let him breathe. Like, let him do his thing. I don't, I don't get why you got to mess with it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy to me, but
5: that's, Look, that's really my only nitpick. Kylo didn't let him live. So, <laughs>
3: yeah. oh, uh, no, he didn't. No.
5: Well, it's okay. If we're going to bring this stuff up, I, I, I'll, I should find a link to it if it's still up. But the the Star Wars Blu-ray, again, if you're gonna make changes, let's just go for broke. Let's just fix everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, why make Wicket blink in some scenes but not blink in others? Like, what? Like, I and then I did a, an article on like, uh, like the. The top of the the escape pod is blue, and then they painted it gray and some things to like fix it, but they didn't fix it in every shot. So now it's distracting (laughs) because I'm seeing this blue, gray like pop back and forth in those scenes in A New Hope. And it's like, yeah, sometimes for me with this stuff too, it's like, let's just like, let's have, if we're going to do this, let's do it right, you know?
1: Yeah. I have a, the one way that I make myself feel better about that Return of the Jedi edit too is I, my headcanon is that. Like Obi Wan and Yoda are both looking over and like, wait a minute, why the fuck aren't we young? Like,
5: <laughs> yes, I, I love
3: like, that. Why does he get to be young? Where is you and McGregor? I was you
1: and McGregor? <laughs>
5: damn it! <laughs> what if they added baby Yoda? Like that. That, doesn't, that doesn't work at all. That doesn't make
3: no. But it, I mean, who too knows? Far, let's, too far.
2: far. Let's see where it goes. Let's see Mandalorian you season two you first. Say no to this. Oh, oh! oh it's so look cute. at that little baby. It's so cute.
3: This is Delilah S. Dawson, your Star Wars friend, and you are listening to the Star
0: Wars Friends Podcast.
1: You're in the arms of the angel.
4: May you find
1: some comfort here.
2: Hi. I'm Kyle. Will you be an angel for a helpless Baby Yoda? Every day, Baby Yoda is chased by bounty hunters and abused by scout troopers, and he's crying out for help. Please, click the subscribe button on your screen and join the Star Wars friends with a monthly gift right now. For only 60 calamari flan a month, you'll help rescue Baby Yoda from their abusers and provide food, shelter, Jedi training, and Beskar armor. Subscribe now and follow us on Twitter in the next 30 minutes to receive this tweet with a gif of Baby Yoda, who's been given a second chance thanks
4: to you. Baby Yoda needs our help.
2: So please, subscribe, rate, and review right away.
4: Hey, I'm Jason Pride. Thanks for listening to Star Wars Friends Podcast. This is Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, and you are listening to the Star Wars Friends Show. Do not underestimate the power of this podcast
2: hey this is dominic pace who played gecko the bounty hunter from the mandalorian happy to be your star wars friend you're listening to the star wars friend
0: show We hope you're enjoying this interview with podcasting legend Stephen Ray Morris on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends.
1: Can we- I pull us back to Jurassic Park for a second? Oh, <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry. You, I think you were going to do something that made more sense. Oh,
2: let me back off. If you want to hit up some Jurassic Park, well, I, can, I had a uh, Jurassic
1: Park question earlier and then he it. was talking about expanding universe novels. I was just wondering like, what is the movie fandom's relationship to the, to the Jurassic Park books? Oh,
5: I, I mean, honestly, there's, I mean, I think the amount of people who've read the Jurassic Park book, I mean, it's, I mean, I, I mean, the, the, the problem with Jurassic Park is that like the, Unlike Star Wars, where there's like at least four great movies in the Star Wars, you know, canon of like actual movies, whereas like truly Jurassic Park is the best. There's no arguing that. I don't. I don't think anybody couldn't. You can obviously like. I love Fallen Kingdom. It's my second favorite Jurassic Park movie. But uh, I think it's the same thing with the books, where it's like it's these kind of singular things, and they're so different. And unlike other sort of um, franchises. Jurassic The original Jurassic Park book is so mined for the sequels. Like there's sequences from the Jurassic Park book in Lost World in Jurassic Park 3. Uh-huh. They took tons of uh BD Wong Henry Wu's dialogue from the original Jurassic Park and repurposed it for Jurassic World. Mm. They took concepts and elements of uh like Hammond's backstory and like repurposed it for Fallen Kingdom. And they are bringing back the Dotson character, who is the one who hired Nedry. They're bringing back that character for Jurassic World Dominion. They're recasting him because the actor's a piece. The original actor's a piece of shit. But uh, they're, <laughs> but they're like. So it's like Jurassic Park. The books are like this weird thing where it's almost like it was this one story that they've like pulled pieces from and like frankenstein did across a whole franchise. Yeah. So there's truly just like. I mean, I guess there's a handful of like book is better than the movie types, but mostly it's, it's, I wish we could have seen that in a movie. But Mm. over time, like you can really trace, like there's a, uh, in the Jurassic Park book, uh, a dinosaur gets hit with a rocket launcher and they use that moment in Jurassic World. Like, so they're constantly like taking, so yeah, there's not a kind of like, there's not really like a book versus movie crowd. It's more of like, oh, I just want to see more from the book. Like I recently just did an episode see Jurassic right, right. Where my friend and I basically went through the book and were like, here's some scenes we would love to see yeah." in like repurposed in some way. It's kind of like, um, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy where like Peter Jackson took the book and was like, well, here's this dialogue. I'll give it to Elrond. You know, I'll do that. So that's, that's another big fan of my, I transitioned out of Jurassic park into <laughs> Lord of the Rings. actually. Yes. But while, while I was, while Star Wars was constant, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that's probably a really long answer to that question, but yeah, essentially no. It's that's just what
1: like, I want. That's what that's no, that's, that's honestly even more than I thought <laughs> there would be. Cause I know there's only the two books. so I wasn't sure. Yeah. But, well, and
5: yeah, that's, that's the awesome. thing too. It's like the um, people are talking about now because they're bringing back this Dotson character from the original Jurassic park. He, he was like the main villain of the lost world novel. Mm. And they threw all of that, like the lost world novel and the movie. Don't look like are very like passingly similar. There's like trailers, there's some Sega and like a family of t Rexes. like, that's about it. Malcolm's back. But that Dotson character was a villain throughout that entire movie. So people are like, Oh, like, can we look to this novel to see if there's any clues about what, what's going to happen in the next one?
2: Dr. Malcolm, that's Jeff Goldblum. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is he going to be wildly eccentric in this movie or is he going to kind of
5: mute it down? um,
2: As he did in the original Jurassic park.
5: Well, I mean, as of right now, everybody and I was—it was such a fun event. It's like, and it, it's the kind of thing that, like, I was always like, Star Wars fans have had great moments like this, like John Williams at Comic Con, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I felt like I got a little bit of that with uh, Collider did a screening of the Jurassic Park short that came out last year, Battle at Big Rock. They like screened in the theaters, and then they showed Jurassic World, and then Laura Dern came out basically to announce that her and Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum, were going to be all back as like bigger roles, like essentially. And like Sam Neill recently confirmed it. Like, yes, we're throughout the entire movie. We're not cameos. We're not cool. Beginning. And so it's like it, it, those moments, like kind of like great fandom moments. I was like, Oh, we finally got one. Yeah. Well, see, that's where I was
2: going to go with you. Got that. And it instantly made me think of Carrie, Mark and Harrison and yeah. imagine if they had come out and said we're going to be it, you know it's just one of those what ifs and we don't really go down too many we do go down what if rabbit
3: holes we go down up, but, so but many what ifs but Are we don't mean? we don't
2: have time <laughs> for that particular <laughs> yep. rabbit well, hole well
5: uh, well i will say and it's i mean again this other kind of connection obviously um because Colin's not direct didn't direct episode sure. 9 and is now directing dominion and i and in a weird way i feel like he's probably um i feel like he's probably learned a lot from that experience of like getting fired off of a star wars movie and and I think in a weird way the Jurassic World trilogy is going to be the opposite example of Star Wars where you had all your um you know original characters slowly leaving exiting the picture Whereas Jurassic World, like the Jurassic World trilogy has slowly added original characters till Mm -hmm. this next one is going to have, you know, not only this, you know, uh, the two, you know, villains, Wu and Dotson, but also the three original trio, you know, and the T-Rex from the original, you know, so it's, it's. It'll be interesting to like step back when this is done and like how does it compare to the sequel trilogy, as far as like utilizing nostalgia. I guess I don't know.
2: See, I missed I missed the biggest tee up question ever for a crossover Star Wars Jurassic Park fan, and it's the Colin (laughs) Trevorrow question. Have you read *Duel of the Fates*? Uh,
5: I have not. I've only read just like IO Nine excerpts and fan art and stuff. I'm also somebody like. I love Star Wars Explained. I, I yeah, like literally yeah. every. I watched I, every Saturday morning. I watch their Q and As. That's like, I think I tweeted them once. It's like being hungover on a Saturday morning and watching Star Wars Explained has be, become my routine for the last like year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh gosh. But like, uh, uh, I try not to get lost in the weeds of the, the mm. what ifs. You know, it's some like especially um, after especially after just being initially disappointed by Rise, I didn't want to get, like, hung up on, like, what could have been. Yeah. You know? I think maybe now I
1: could go back and look, you know?
5: I think it would be really fun. I love the concept art. Oh, my God.
3: Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, I know. That concept art's amazing.
1: That script helped me come around on Last Jedi. because Literally everything in Last Jedi that I, like, scratched my head about or didn't love, um, like, where that led in Duel of the Fates made like a ton of sense and made all of those things that didn't necessarily work for me the first time work perfectly. And then it just made me more bummed out about where rise of Skywalker went. Cause I <laughs> felt like that movie didn't really fit, but the Duel of fates like fit really well with like what Ryan had put into to his movie.
2: Yeah, I, oh, I, I agree with Josh. We've, we've Not dissected to bring it down, this. but... <laughs> no, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Um, we've discussed this at length. We are huge fans of the Duel of Fate script. I mean, Colin I really, I mean, he... I, I've never heard him talk about Star Wars, but you can tell he has a deep appreciation of mm-hmm. what Star Wars means just in context to... All fandoms. I mean, it really celebrated all eras of Star Wars, his script. But yeah, like Josh, I also was very confused on Last Jedi. We're going to do a Last Jedi recap here soon, another one kind of go over that. But um, it did help me appreciate Last Jedi more. I mean, I recently just came out and said, man, like, okay, I am am coming around Last Jedi. And people that have followed me for Star Wars takes or Star Wars news are like, what? Like, kind of gave me like that. (laughs) Okay, this is crazy. But really... um, I still enjoy, you know, Rise of Skywalker, we, I don't know. Oh, let's, yeah, let's, let's, <laughs> it's, let's, it's kinda, worth,
3: let's get a yeah. happy thing.
1: <laughs> it's worth noting for, for your benefit though, that Chris and I were never like, not my Luke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, sure. Kathleen uh, Kennedy. No, no, it's be no. be fired. Like we were never those kind of Last Jedi people. We just, we just did didn't love it. And we're yeah, yeah, I,
2: I think more than I, yeah. Than, it, for than me, that. it's I'll, I'll just come out and say, it. I mean, I'm now this is, I don't hide behind a curtain of shame. I, I just didn't like the Canto bite sequences. I can't send Joseph sure. Gordon. Levitt's voice in, uh, in that film. And then we're all the beach. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then BB eight shooting coins out of his, uh, coin slot gun that, I mean, of course he has and, a
1: coin slot gun. Why? Not? And I've always, I, 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 if if nothing else, even though I didn't like Canto Bite, I've always loved Rose as a character. So I I uh I like I liked that for her having her own arc. But I mm. was, yeah, there was, you know.
5: I mean, look, we we're always gonna find there's always gonna be those little things. I mean, I remember my <laughs> a friend of mine's dad didn't like Jurassic Park. He was out uh because he was a he's a biologist or, or something, or like a, and he was just like there's like a scene where Ellie, like when they're showing the animation sequence at the beginning of Jurassic park. And it's like, s- somebody says cellular mitosis and they were like, that's redundant. All mitosis is cellular. I'm out. You know, it's just like, it's <laughs> yeah. like that was 10 minutes into the movie and you're right. out. Um, well, I will that's say too, funny. I wonder, you know, I, I really think like interviews with Colin recently and stuff. And I got to meet him at that event. Awesome. I think he, I think in a way that, uh, you know, because sometimes I think when you're kind of hungry or you have something to prove and, you know, the Jurassic World movies are certainly not critically received at all or anything. And I think at large, they're not really like I, I find things to love about them, but they're certainly not beloved or anything in that way. Um, but I feel like Battle of Big Rock was really critically well received. This little short, it's online, right? I don't know if any of you have seen it, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a really just great little short of like a family camping because now that the dinosaurs are on the mainland, oh, so they they yes. come into contact with some dinosaurs while they're camping, and it's just like a very like bare bones, back to basics kind of thing. I think he like after that experience on Star Wars, I think he just has something to prove now. And awesome. I, there's just so, all the stuff we've been hearing about Jurassic World Dominion. It's like I did not expect this. I did well. I did not expect that. I, it's like yeah. like just the announcements mm. and just sort of stuff like that. I'm like this is just there's nobody's done a you know because every jurassic park sequel has like one or two people returning this movie has like 10 people coming back like
3: and they're trying to film it in the middle of covid
5: yeah yeah. are they well oh yeah well they have antiviral fog on the sets at pinewood which is a detail that i keep being obsessed with the idea that at night after they film it's like all right bye everybody like clean up crafty all that stuff and it's like (sighs) <sighs> yes. just this like antibacterial fog just like coats the sets and then like, all right, cool. Now we're, it's fresh and ready for Chris Pratt tomorrow.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> I will say like, as an actor, there's so many groups that are like watching that production to see what's yeah. going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Cause like you could not have picked a better franchise for the first like venture Either back comeback. into film because it's Jurassic park, the notorious, you know, theme park that opened what could go wrong <laughs> yeah Before <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> they should have opened so it's like it's it's such a perfect like if 2020 was being written by like some kid in film school their teacher would be like this is too on the nose like
5: well, it would be like the back to the future 2 where it's like jaws whatever it's like on the marquee of 2020 oh, it would yeah. be Jurassic
4: park <laughs> yeah. you're so right yeah Hilarious.
5: yeah
3: it's too it's too funny
4: I'm gonna ask the question just because Josh brought her up. But Kathleen Kennedy, you actually wrote an article on Kathleen yeah, Kennedy yeah. about five years ago and how she's one of the most important people in Geekdom Hollywood right yeah. now. That article was five years ago, and it's a hot button in yeah. the Star Wars universe right now because a lot of old school fans look at her and go, Oh, she's ruined Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of fans <sighs> that go, she's done so much for Star Wars. Look at all the stuff that she's, yeah. you know, accomplished in the last couple of years. Where do you stand with? kathleen kennedy as far as your take on uh her production and in, in addition to not only star wars but geekdom hollywood yeah yeah i mean she she's still a legend i mean
5: running five miles in hawaii after a hurricane to like rescue people and get supplies to to the people of Kauai and stuff After, i mean it's I, I I don't think anybody can doubt her legendary status. No, I, I I think for me since then I will say I mean there is you know the idea that Star Wars is still just only hired white male directors and and I I, I it's you know I think we're starting to see that finally fixed with like the Mandalorian and stuff. So I feel like. I wonder if any of that has less to do with her and more with just, you know, this stuff takes time. Like when regime changes in Hollywood studios happen, I feel mm-hmm. like it's that. Cause I feel like when, when this, is it the Disney person that's stepping down next year or. Bob. Yes. Somebody
3: it was Iger to chap and it. Then it came Yeah. Back. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
5: <laughs> but it's like people are like, Oh no, it's, this is happening. It's like, he's not stepping down for like another year. Like, so it's, it's that kind of thing where it's like, sometimes this stuff is so big, especially in that level. Like I, it's hard to know who's like, this stuff could have been in place 10 years ago. And it like these contracts or these like decisions, mm-hmm. like, so I, I find it hard to blame her for anything like that. But it yeah. I guess in the sense then it's just like, it's that thing of like, okay, well, I want to see those kinds of... Those promises of diversity or those things. Like, I want to see that. And it's like, okay, now we're finally starting to see... It. And it's just that thing of like, they, they have fired a lot of directors. Yeah. But that may be more just to do with their attitude and everything rather than... I feel like people are saying that she's just not happy with them. But it's just like, I don't I don't think it works that and way. And
3: even then, it's it's not just her. She still has hoops she has to jump through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah. has to appease. And there's all that stuff happening behind the scenes. And I, I think a lot of people... Overlook that or are just not as well versed in the insidious nature of Hollywood.
5: (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. 100%.
2: One of the most interesting things I've come across in relation to Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars decision making, right? A lot of people want to blame her for decisions they're not happy with. What I found really fascinating is I finished Bob Iger's memoir where he implicitly states that almost all major creative decisions have to come across his desk to yep. sign off before they're finally released. And I, I'm just thinking to myself, like, you know, what changes did Bob want? What did Bob need? You know, Bob runs this multinational, massive global, um, you know, happiness corporation. And I just wonder what his notes Happiness were. Corporate. I mean, really, you know, I'm a, I'm a, listen, I'm a huge Disney, uh, freak yeah. I love Disney, but it's at the same token, I'm like, what the, you know, reading Bob Iger's memoir. Yeah. He's a fascinating business person. Uh, someone I look up to in my professional career, but at the same token, like I shouldn't make star Wars creative decisions cause I'm going to maybe appeal to myself and maybe not everybody, but what yeah. does Bob Iger have to do with star Wars? I mean, the dude knows Olympic sports very well, but as far as like, <laughs> you know, Ben Solo's character arc, I'm not certain what, uh, what he had to add to that. So anyways, a lot of people play yeah, yeah, Kathleen yeah. Kennedy, but keep in mind the head honcho at Disney signs off on
1: those major creative decisions. Yeah. I, th- I think the, so this happens anytime, like, you're the boss of anything. I mean, and Chris, you know, you, like, you supervise people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyone who makes a mistake under you, is it's your fault, too, regardless of how involved you were. And if, like, I think people look at, they're like, oh, well, Marvel's doing so great, and Disney's managing them, so it obviously isn't Iger's fault. It's her fault, because she's the head of, the head of Lucasfilm. Mm. I really feel like the only, you know, she gets blamed for, like, a million things. And I think, like, in my my opinion is, like, Star Wars has only done like two things wrong since Disney has taken over. Let's the two hear them. things are Let's hear them. at least in my perception is like a <laughs> a perceived lack, a perceived lack of like cohesion between people writing the writing the movies and the story group making sure things fit together like have all three movies written so they fit and then and then move <laughs> forward and I don't know I don't have any idea of like how entertainment Hollywood works. So I, I like, and then also the, the other thing is like solo didn't get the marketing push that all the other movies got. Like they didn't have a force Friday that to- toys weren't out until like they had the right Denny's before ads. the movie. Like they didn't, they didn't push it. Like they pushed everything else. And then they're surprised that it didn't do as well. It's like, well, what do you, you know, it didn't. And it also didn't get like a full year of that. It got like now six it, months. Yeah. Like, Look, and then just fandom is the nature of fandom now is like, you're going to have, these loud people being obnoxious, regardless of what you make. So right. it doesn't, right. you know, you can't make you can't even account for make that. Make what you
5: want. Yeah. What you're saying basically is let Pablo write the next trilogy. <laughs>
3: well yeah, no, <laughs> I, yes, yeah. he's my favorite.
5: I, but I feel <laughs> like if you wrote it, it would be like like um like network or one of these like 70s oh, like newsroom dramas. Sure. Which would I be cool. I'd to love fit to fit see together. Star Wars like that, but you yeah. know, yeah. yeah. I just want to be interesting.
3: I want to see a Pablo and Matt Martin Star Wars.
5: Oh, I like that. Okay. It would get meta of like somebody like on an apology tour of like they were drunk and hit <laughs> people with a lightsaber, and they just have to go around being like in AA, like I'm sorry, I hit you with a lightsaber. Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's
5: like, wow, this is very meta.
1: I didn't. Hi, I thought I miss was- Anakin. Hi, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's interesting.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. John, uh, so. Stephen, I uh, a couple like in February, Spotify let me know that I'm in the top one percent of uh, John Williams <laughs> Oh and like, legitimately, Jurassic Park theme song, top three John Williams tracks of all time. Well, I will say,
5: well, I would say I I saw John Williams for the first time because he does the Hollywood Bowl, not every year now, but I was like I better see him because he's getting up there, yeah, and I felt bad for. Like Jurassic Park fans, it's like, again, it's like he did two movies. Really, the one is the most important. He, you know, he didn't play the Jurassic Park theme that night, which is like, you know, it's, I like everything else of his too. So it's great. But I felt bad, m- felt more bad for the Harry Potter fans because like they were all like decked out in robes and wands oh, and like, no. ready to like, <laughs> and it's like, oh no, they played, he played like, he played like a theme from The Last Jedi and like, I feel like revenge. That, like he played very obscure Star Wars stuff that night too, which was really cool. But like, and then uh, the best part was he actually scored live the final fifteen minutes of ET. It was oh, like incredible. okay, uh, but it was like he was doing a lot of obscure stuff that night. So I felt really bad for the Harry Potter fans because they were like, "We're here for our you know Hedwig's theme, but we're just not getting." It was like dress <laughs> for it's like eh, if he doesn't play, like it's fine. Because yeah. like a year later, I saw they. Not him, but a, um, uh, just a, I guess the Hollywood Bowl Orchestra did a live score to the entire Jurassic Park, and that was really, oh wow! Yeah, that was really fun. And my girlfriend made the jello like jello so that we ate it there, and like you know, because yeah, it was it's, it's you know that, I guess Jurassic Park is a movie that is shown in theaters a lot, but with the live score thing was really cool. I'd love to see like. Empire Strikes Back live. Yeah,
2: I, I got a chance to see that. They did a tour um, I forget what what company puts it on, but they did a tour of live Star Wars Symphony. And they were going to do oh. Return of the Jedi this year. We my fiance and I saw Empire last year at an outdoor venue. It was beautiful, it was gorgeous. <laughs> and there is something, you know, something to see the live score there. Um and it really, you know, they put the subtitles up and everything and you get a really great experience out of it, but uh yeah, the Hollywood Bowl is a that, I mean, that's like a That's a bucket list for me to see any type of um, movie score at at the Hollywood Bowl. That would be fantastic.
1: I mean, I think think security is his thing though. He like did a, he, he had some, he did some concert that they recorded an album for this year and they put on Spotify like that orchestra doing Imperial March. And then I was like reading the, the notes about it and it was like, Oh, Imperial March wasn't even going to be in the show, but the the orchestra wanted to do it so bad that they convinced (laughs) John to do it, and then they recorded it. And I was like, how do you not do the Imperial March? Like, are you kidding me? It's like the most iconic Star Wars song of all time.
3: I feel like he's just like so tired of Star Wars.
1: (laughs) Maybe. (laughs)
5: Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah, I mean, he obviously hasn't done a Jurassic Park since, uh, you know, since 97. I'm trying this, I'm looking at this set list from, 2019 and it says Jurassic Park, but he definitely didn't play Jurassic Park. He and he definitely like I mean, and again, it was like it was like a song from The Last Jedi. Like it was really interesting stuff. I know if that was 2018. (laughs) Anyway, I could look at this up. Oh, look (laughs) at that poor But but there was just it was just like West Side Story. Oh, maybe this is it. I'm just looking uh What was this? Oh, yeah. The Rebellion is Reborn. That's what he did from The Last Jedi. Mm. Oh, wow. And like the theme from Schindler's List and Lincoln. Dude. Like, it was cool, but it was just like, you know, there is that thing of like, you're saying, Maggie, it's like, I kind of want to hear the, the, you know, the classics, but it's like, okay, uh, a new beginning from Minority Report, you know, and the
3: Olympic classic
5: classic Minority Report soundtrack.
2: (laughs) He doesn't
3: have that on vinyl. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's I mean hey, the one percenter probably does. Yeah, I yeah don't, Josh I don't. probably
1: has it. Yeah. I yeah. do have the symphonic suite from uh, Galaxy's Edge coming, which is Ooh. you want Grammy for. So yeah,
2: that'll be cool. That's a good soundtrack. I have it on Apple Music. Not not I mean, it's
5: it's okay. <laughs> see, you know? see, I'm I'm I part of me wants to experience it for the first time though, you know, when I go oh, there. You're gonna love it.
2: You're gonna love
3: it. It's so good. Oh. And it Pablo is. Pablo's voice pops up what in the bathroom? Yeah, he's all, like all over, like over the, the place.
5: Yeah, he's all, well, all over the I'll place. I'll keep an ear up for that. Thank yeah. you, Maggie. That's yeah. amazing.
2: Well, let's let's hit you with a couple more softball questions here. Or maybe this isn't a softball question. I don't know. As podcasters, we talk a lot naturally. That's just what we do. And we definitely gravitate towards quotes or turns of phrase. I, in all of the Star Wars lexicon, everything that happens, uh, comics, graphic novels, movies, television shows, what is your favorite quote? Wow. My favorite Star Wars quote.
5: Yippee! <laughs> yes! <laughs> my first. Yes! Yeah, this is pod Race. I mean, I don't know why. I, it's because I've been playing Racer lately. I don't know why that was uh, the first thing that to my head. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what's tough. a serious answer? Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, I I feel like anything Ray said in The Force Awakens, I feel like that's...
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That movie, I mean, it still doesn't get as much love, I feel, as it should. Um, Just rewatched that the other day, and I just, I absolutely love that film, and... I still think it's the best of the three. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. That film is so good. It planted so many incredible seeds, Um, and yeah, I... Ray and doesn't. not
3: all of those seeds seeds grew.
2: No, no, I I mean I'm still I'm still really right now my current um bent out of shape moment is that Finn mm-hmm. did not become a Jedi. Uh okay. like a full, yes. like a full fleshed out, battling, weird ass clone, uh Emperor, or whatever's going on there. I really someone posted up some fan art made of Ben Solo, Ray, and Finn all in unison with their blue lightsabers
0: yes. against the Emperor.
2: And I was like, Uh-oh. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that, like. Yes, can we go back in time and make that happen? Um I getting goosebumps right
5: now. I I really well, that's that's my most uh, moment. Well that was that was my that was my biggest feeling coming out of the rise of Skywalker. It's like ray like it it's I mean it's very apt. I mean like of our generation having to kind of clean up the mess of like our parents and stuff. And so but then I'm like I'm like, "Oh, now finally we like Rise of Skywalker ends, and it feels like a beginning. Where I'm just like, well, now I want to see them all going on adventures together. Like, why did we? Why did we? Like, I I like the sequel trilogy a lot, but I'm just like, I want to see the trilogy that where you know Ray and Rose and Poe and Finn, and they all get to go on adventures and do stuff that
3: and rebuild the galaxy.
5: Yes, it has to do with what like their like. Sorry, this hammering is driving me crazy. Um, (laughs) Like that they get to like you know they i mean and that's the whole story is them kind of dealing with the past and everything but it's like i love these characters so much and i really hope that like i really hope that they have like a plan for them like post
4: sequel trilogy yes did you need a broom in that room so you can like <laughs> pound up on the ceiling and back at those people i know well it's i think it's just they're cleaning like they're like
5: fixing the apartment for the building next people. Ikea
2: furniture and
5: yeah yeah but like yeah I just really hope that they have a plan like I it doesn't you know it's like I think as we're seeing this expanded universe like post endgame it's like now people like want to return to Sorry, people want to return to like smaller stories. Well, it's like, why can't we have a, f- a couple of Star Wars movies that let Ray and and Finn and Poe and everybody like just do stuff that's like for them versus like trying to like stop an old enemy kind of thing. Would I Would love know. it. Would love
3: it. Yeah.
5: In our in our fanfic
1: <laughs> dreams, you know.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I want to let everyone behind the. I'm going to go back. <clears throat> excuse me a second, but I want to let everyone behind the curtain a little bit. Generally, speaking of quotes, generally we I can tell if a guest is going to be a fun guest or not based on and and Steven, you've been awesome so far. Um no, but so during the themes during the no, what, what no, the, you'll you'll get it. You'll get yes, it. So yes. during the theme song, if a guest is laughing and smiling at the quotes in the theme song, yeah they're going to be great. And Steven was laughing and smiling at at all yes. the quotes in the theme song and I was like, you, "Oh, this is good he's going to be awesome. This is going to be so great." Thank you. No, that intro is so fun. I love that. It's just like the best,
5: there's just, it's just funny to hear so many moments like together of like everyone, "Ah!" you know, like all the (laughs) difference.
2: Yeah. You got to have fun with it. You got to have fun with it. So my favorite Ray quote from Force Awakens was the garbage will do. That is still to this moment. Like when it, when I just rewatched it for like the 15th time. When she says that, it's just and the camera pans over and the tarp is kind of like flailing off the Falcon. That to me is like that is Star Wars. It's funny, it's dramatic, it is just like tongue in cheek. It's so smart. Um, that was such a great moment. So that's my favorite ray quote from Force Awakens. Do you do you can you guys think of any other ray
4: quotes from that movie that you that you love? Mine's not a ray quote but I actually like when Han and Chewie and Finn have Phasma, and he goes is there a garbage chute <laughs> here and Finn <laughs> yeah, looks yeah, at him and goes
5: huh. yeah subtle <laughs> I love it yeah. I mean the, the the I've never seen as much green and I'm like trying to remember the the oh, quote Yeah, in the that, as galaxy. much green in the whole galaxy that that quote to me is just still like again that idea of like hope and wonder and yeah. possibilities and you know all that stuff it's so good
3: Yeah I love that. All of my favorite quotes are The Last Jedi. Mm. That's the one that I find the most quotable. It's like my favorite one is the hope is like the sun. If you only believe it when you see it, you'll never make it through the night. Like that's my favorite quote from like (sighs) the entirety. Because that's like a quote that I feel like resonates with that entire (laughs) sequel trilogy. Because there's so many moments where they shouldn't have hope and like they should feel like this is the end. And yet they still believe in that greater good. Even in The Rise of Skywalker, you still have that. I mean, they, you know, there's still characters that have hope for Ben. Yeah. Right up until the end. So,
2: yeah. Leia. Yeah. I mean, so does Ryan Johnson have a Twitter back yet or what's going on with that? Um (laughs)
3: He's still over at Knives Out. Okay, he's still over there. That's a
5: way he situation. was locked out of Twitter.
3: I- so that the blue checkmark day when everybody got hacked, his account got like all messed up.
5: Oh <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to post something and I was like, why aren't they letting me post? And then I saw, but nobody did anything to mine. I just got. I was just. Lucky. I was no swept up with the you. rest of the. With the I, I I feel like I'm I'm a lucky blue checkmark. I don't I don't I I I just got swept up in that. So. <laughs> uh yeah, I I do not associate with the rest of the blue check mark. No, I don't know. No. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: uh, here's another softball question, but I find this this fascinating. People's answers. Who is your favorite Star Wars character?
5: Ooh, I mean, and okay, well, okay. This is it's that thing of like with like no what's judgment. your favorite? What's your favorite dinosaur? Or like what's your like? There's the the answer I give to like somebody off the street, it's like Parasaurolophus, but it's like, if you're a dinosaur person, it's like, okay, well, there's Shunosaurus and the Shantungosaurus. So there's like more specific kind of answers. I mean, mm, 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 who's my favorite Star Wars character? I'm trying to think of what my favorite Star Wars character was as a kid. I mean, it was Leia. I mean, it was hands down Leia, for sure. Like, she just seemed the coolest to me. Like, in in that original trilogy, like the person who's like taking charge, you know, because Luke... Luke just feels a little soft when you're like a kid. And like, I was too scared to be like Han, you know, Han's like too rough, you know, yeah. like Leia was that perfect balance. I mean, Ray is my favorite, uh, Star Wars character in the new trilogy. Um, I really like Jyn Erso. Like, yes. yes. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think there was definitely a while where I was saying that Jyn Erso was my favorite Star Wars character. Cause I love Rogue One. Yeah. I love Rogue One so much.
2: Nice. Yeah, so I I waffle between favorite characters. I've actually done it on this on a podcast before, where <laughs> I've had like a favorite character, and by the end, I was like, you know, actually, I'm gonna switch it. Um, I think it was like Finn and Bob Kylo Fett? Ren. No, no, Fett? it was uh no, Bulio. it was the Rise of Skywalker Bulio. recap where I was like, oh, Bulio, yeah, no, it was uh, <laughs> definitely Finn was my favorite sequel trilogy character, and then we had a guest on who was talking about uh, Ben Solo and Kylo Ren's um, mental health mental health arc, right? Like he. He looked at Kylo Ren as um, almost like a proxy for people that struggle with mental health issues, and it totally like twisted my, my idea of what Kylo Ren and Ben Solo was, and by the end of the episode, I was like, you know what, damn it, you're right. Like, Kylo Ren is probably my favorite sequel trilogy character, but Ray is a sweetheart, and I want more Ray. I mean, if I can get anything more from the sequel trilogy, it's more Ray. Uh, that would be fantastic. <laughs>
5: Look, I think my Star Wars. I realize now my favorite Star Wars character is uh, Long Snoot. You know, so oh yes, the guard did. <laughs> yes, uh, Garron Yeah, yeah. Garron No, I don't know. But <laughs> I, I feel like as a kid, though, your some of your favorite characters are like the to- you know, which was your favorite oh, like toy. Definitely. You know, yeah. So I I think of stuff like that or like or again the background characters article you mentioned like you know Will Row Hood or like yeah I, I want to or. Or the the guy in the pink shorts in that photo of like Star Wars from the seventies. <laughs> the sound guy I was like holding, yeah, the boom guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we just talked about him the other day. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. I you just saw to make that a photo. Kenner
3: action figure. Oh, they, yes. Absolutely,
5: absolutely. Well, yes. it's funny. I was just uh, on eBay. I was just looking at because to me again, like that kind of. The jealousy that I think some other fandoms have of Star Wars, like you have Grievous dying as an action figure, yeah, where can. it's like you know. Yes, and I was actually just looking in his head. Yep. Actually, can I get up and show you my
4: favorite? My favorite recent Star Wars toy purchase. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. We we were actually just kind of diving into that, which was the uh, the collector's piece and seeing what you collect. Oh,
2: look at this! Oh, oh nice, Baron Popovich. Yeah. Yes,
4: family from Revenge of the
2: Sith.
3: Yes. I
2: love those figures. I absolutely love those figures.
3: I am so jealous.
2: Yeah. The Baron, the Baron figure is one of my favorite. It's so
5: ridiculous. Um, well, and just the idea you have an action figure set for your family. That was in the movie. <laughs> that's amazing. Like I kind of genuinely love it. So good.
2: That is a, that's a beautiful piece and you have it in the package. Most folks yeah, that have yeah. that, they're all
5: Lucy's now. That's well, I, a, Well, as an adult, I think as far as collecting goes, I'm not somebody who necessarily wants to like collect like all the old things back in the box, but like certain quirky, like fun and interesting stuff that I didn't have growing up, like that's the kind of stuff I want to track down.
4: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, do you collect mostly like as far as Star Wars goes? Do you have a pretty diverse collection? Do you focus one area over another, like six inch, 3.75, people, vehicles, characters? As far as your Star Wars collection goes, how do you manage your portfolio? Sure. <laughs> well, as a kid, it was definitely
5: the uh, three point seven five, or right. That was the yeah. like the Ken and everything. Mm-hmm. That was definitely what I got as a kid. Like I had every episode one toy except for the Naboo Starfighter. But um, right now, as far as Star Wars collecting goes, I wouldn't say I collect like anything specific. I think for me, it's almost like it's a mix of. Either things that I didn't have as a kid that I wanted, and uh so it's kind of like messy in that sense where I'm not focusing on one specific thing. If anything, right now, my newest thing that I want to start collecting that I want to get more of is just anything B Wing. I love the B Wing. Oh, okay. Nice. It's yeah. my favorite, it's my favorite ship, Justice for the B Wing. Yes. Um, and so like just on eBay, I'm just like trawling for like figures for for the little like things and uh not machines. what was the other there was like a ones where they were like this big
2: action fleet it was the uh yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah
5: Yeah, Mm -hmm. that those ones and stuff because yeah it is a thing where like like as an adult it's you have the choice of like what do you want to get it's not just like what your parents will buy you and so i think for star wars it's kind of just been a mix of like reclaiming old things from like my my dad's attic and stuff i mean i still have my atat walker from when I was a kid, like I brought that with me. Awesome. Here, Did you guys hear him? I, I Did you hear him. What he said? Oh, yeah, we're going to get to that.
2: We're going to get to that. Oh, my oh gosh. yeah.
1: Oh, oh
5: yeah. Sweet. What I really want to do with this, because, you know, it's kind of in bad shape. Sorry for the sound of this. But, I love um, the sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I want to turn it into a, I want to turn it into a planter.
2: Uh-huh. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, we'll, that would be amazing. A little
5: Dremel, cut the top out. But uh, yeah, so so right now it's a little all over the place. It's kind of just whatever I want, like whatever catches okay. my eye. But I do want to like hone in, and I think B wings are kind of my next, yeah. my next
4: thing. Do you have a Do you have a favorite piece in your collection? Whether it's artwork or a toy or something, and it, what is your all time favorite piece as a collector? I mean, I think that Darth Maul talk to- <sighs> all topper. It's just like I, I love, love that I still have it. You know.
5: Uh, God, I guess, yeah, over 20 years yeah. later. Like, yeah. still haven't... Getting to say that I still have some things from childhood is, like, really cool. Because, you know, yeah. stuff comes and goes and everything. And, you know, I think it's, like, again, like, now it's this, like, the last 10 years of Funko has kind of, like, ruined, like, yes. <laughs> like collecting in yeah. a way. Because it's just, like, that's shit's just going to fill landfills until, yeah. like, the sun burns yeah. out. But, and, you know, so... it. To me, what I my philosophy with collecting mostly isn't what necessarily is like rare or worth a lot. It's more about like just the weird shit that like gets made that like we're like, why? Like yes. why like, you know, I, I love Star Wars, but like why is there action figures of his like family in the background? Like, <laughs> like to me, that's my philosophy now. Is like I just want to collect the weird stuff that like
1: yeah, like
5: yeah that isn't perceived like it's not, it's not made to try and be resold or, or, you know, mm-hmm. it's, this is stuff that you hold on to because you no, know, why would anybody else want this? It's right. so interesting.
2: You're speaking my language of collecting. Um, now I'm a, I'm a completionist. So once I start a line, I have to complete it, but my most cherished pieces are those obscure ones like this Wilrow hood action figure yes. that they actually have, yeah. uh, Incredible. with the Cam Tono. Um, That's, this is actually uh, no, like joke collection. This is the legacy collection. Yep. Now, I, this was not staged. You mentioned Wilro Hood on your own fruition. I didn't force you to say it. It was literally <laughs> sitting right gate. next to me. Um, but I'm surrounded, you can't see, but I'm surrounded by really obscure Star Wars action figures. One of my favorite ones is the Jack Porkins figure. Um oh, wow. I didn't know they made one. Oh, it's robust, it's beautiful. Um, <laughs> it's a great figure. Um, but Fair. there's there's so many weird Star Wars figures, just like the the Lucas family. I that you're speaking my language, and, and a lot of people don't really they'll look at that stuff and be like, nah, I'm cool. I need another, I need like 80 more Darth Vader's like, you know, <laughs> and like, I get it like, cause I'm friends with collectors like that as well. But the obscure, you know, I have uh, the expanded universe line over my head right now um, of all the expanded universe figures and
3: kids oh, wow. back in the
2: day, you know, you really had to read the books. That's the only way you would get yeah. to know those figures. But they're some of my favorite figures. I mean, they have a prime – they have prime real estate in my Star Wars room. You know, it's like – but they're not highly sought after.
5: You no, know? no. Well, yeah. I mean, and it's amazing that, like, a fandom could be big enough that, like, uh, could warrant, again, making an action figure
4: of General Grievous dying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
4: I have that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. That's amazing. He's got flames coming out of his chest and his, like, oh, his it's eyeballs wild. and all stuff. Yeah, one of the wild. newer – Newer released That's figures, awesome. but yeah,
1: no, it blew my mind a couple months ago when I bought the you know, the like 1995 uh Thrawn fig, you know, expanded universe figure, yeah, and it was oh, like $12 on eBay. I was like, How is this only $12? <laughs> this figure is 15 years old and it's a super popular character, it's but very obscure. Yeah, that yeah. figure
2: was not, uh, you know, it wasn't a mainstream figure. They were still heavy into producing, you know, Han Solo wearing a jetpack and like Chewy with like laser goggles and stuff, like flat <laughs> top Chewy. Yes, yes, exactly. So that that Thrawn figure kind of just snuck by. I'm surprised there's so many out there still in good shape. Um, but I'm glad to see you're a collector, and and you are. And and folks can't see it right now. You have shelves of toys behind you. And when you logged on today, I was like, oh yeah. Like just as much as like Josh read you listening to our theme song, I, if if someone has toys in the background, I'm like, yeah, we're we're friends, like instantly. I was
5: I was gonna say my probably my other another conquest I'd love to do is Guri, oh, or anything yeah. from Shadows of the Empire because that was also a big mm-hmm. part uh, growing up. I mean. Um, like you know, my first N64 game was Shadows of the Empire, yes. and I stayed up all night to to beat it. Like yes. I, the, the first night I got it, I like stayed up all night, cried when I couldn't beat the last level, and then had to <laughs> had to set it aside. I think for like a couple days. Like I got so close, and then just it was like two and was like the first time I probably ever stayed up till like two in the morning or something. Yeah, just playing that game. And I, yeah, I would love to like. Cause there isn't a lot, but there's still enough that it feels like manageable, you know, getting the soundtrack, obviously the book I read, Oh yeah. um, you know, the, some of my, uh, again, that same time of that Kenner line, like there was those two packs where you get Oh yeah. Boba Fett, Jodo cast would be another. Yes.
2: They make, um, they have two Johto cast figures. I have them both. So they, they exist.
5: Yeah. So stuff like that. It's like, again, that's the stuff that I like is those kind of like, not a, it, not obscure, but it's cause it's. It's not really obscure because they made thousands, you know, millions of toys of something. Right. So it's like not obscure, but it's like just like less appreciated, I guess, is maybe the right word. Shadows
2: of the Empire has an incredible amount of supplemental materials, but you can't really find them easily on eBay or oh, really? Amazon. Yeah, okay. um, you're like secondhand bookstores. I've I've definitely come <laughs> across a lot of bizarre Shadows of the Empire books, you know, behind the scenes, making of um, art of these aren't, you know, you can find them on eBay every now and then, but they're going to be Wildly expensive. If you Remember go to the, a, a secondhand bookstore, you can get an Art of Shadows of the oh, Empire I, for like less than ten bucks.
5: Wow! Yeah, I was also thinking right now of, and I don't even know how many of these made, but they were the they were like the micro machine style expanded universe books. So they had the Sun Crusher, oh, yes, and like I have one, um, but
1: it's like over here. I don't want to get up. <laughs>
5: <laughs> was it was there one with like Kyle Cantar? Cantar? Yeah, yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, were they would did they make them for all of the Expanded universe books? Like was there no, a courtship? The they only made it for like
1: three or four. They made it oh, they really? made it for uh Heir to the Empire, they made it for one of the Kevin Anderson books, and I can't remember which one. And then they made it for one other one. I have the th- I have the heir to the empire one, but I don't have that's the other one.
4: That's The was that one? Oh, yes, because they had the yeah. weirdness, one of the yeah, or whatever. This, those this came up the other day because I somebody had put it up in Facebook and wanted, I think, like hundred and thirty dollars for like all three of them. And I sent it to the group and I said, yeah, "Whoa, I was like, dude, I just bought that for it? ten bucks. Like, don't do it." I was like, "I don't think this is right." So, <laughs> well, again, it, it's that stuff
5: that's not a pre- so sometimes it's, it's fun to find, like you're saying, you find it in a shop mm. and you're like, how did, how is this just sitting here? Yes. You know, like how, like yeah. I have memories of this thing as a kid, like, you know, reading true sipakura like in line to see a new hope or, or, you know, you know, on the playground at elementary school. So this is going to bring me joy, not because it's this specialty Funko Pop you bought at Comic-Con. I also just lost a a, a pre-order. Like, I didn't make the pre-order for this Nedry figure, like, two days ago. Oh. It was my first time ever trying to do one of these Comic-Con exclusive things, and Is I'm so mad about it. It's frustrating. And I'm, like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, but people do this all the time. And, like, I can't yeah. imagine getting my heart broken like that, of, like, waiting for, like, a yeah, clear I mean. Yoda or whatever, or, you know, et- like, whatever these exclusive figures are. It's like, if 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 I had to do this every year and didn't get it, I would, like, go insane.
3: The one time that I tried to do one of those um like pre-order things, I was actually at Newark Comic-Con and it was for a Walking Dead figure. It was a special edition Shane Walsh and I actually got it. I won oh, yeah. I won the um like the raffle or whatever to go in the line the first day of New York Comic-Con and I like went straight there and got it. She's just rubbing it in,
1: Steven. She's just rubbing it in. No,
3: but it was like, (laughs) I felt so bad because like that was the first time I had ever done that. And there was these people who like were completionists and they were trying to complete the set and they didn't get it. And I was just like, it's such a bad I I know why they do it, but I wish they would make enough of these models for the people who actually want it to be able to get it and not have to wait for it to be upmarked $500 on eBay five seconds later.
5: Yeah, because bots buy it on eBay, and it's just, yeah. It's It's it's, awful. Yeah.
2: I feel bad for folks on the West coast for a lot of these product launches, because although you're joining with us pretty early, you know, over, over in your time zone, there are folks that, you know, I just seen recently with some of these product launches that aren't waking up at 5.00 AM, 6.00 AM to get their hands on some of these things. Um, so West coasters, I mean, you guys have a struggle with that. Um, so that's pretty tough for you guys. I I will say that it is frustrating. Someone who does chase a lot of those pre-orders and exclusives, especially artwork, Artwork is incredibly tough. There's um, Ugh, acne. Mondo and everything. Mondo, and... Mondo's time releases are the worst. I've, I've tried to get my hands on like a lot of peanuts artwork from them. Oh my God. I don't know how people, like I have a T one line. I don't understand like who's faster than this. And like, I'm a freak about it. You know, I sit whatever, but it's, um, you know, I recently just did get a couple bottleneck gallery prints and it is competitive and it is crushing if you don't get it, especially if your fiance loves the child and she desperately wants a poster print that only has 45 (laughs) copies and you know,
5: but yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. That's why you get the General Grievous uh, on fire figure. You're like, oh, I love look, it. I know you wanted I know you wanted the child, but look, how about General Grievous with fire coming out of his
1: eyes?
2: <laughs> right, well, hang that up on the wall. Love it.
1: This this kind of redundant at this point, but I just I just did this this week with the, the uh coming out of their shells tour uh Ninja turtle stage oh, I show. That was hard uh, to
5: find too.
1: Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I guess is really frustrating to the people that collect them is that they, when they do, um, like store exclusives with like Walmart and target, like Walmart and target, aren't the ones putting it out. It's like a third party vendor. So it's like, if the vendor comes that day on time, they'll be out. But if not, they'll sit in the back forever. And like, you look at the comments and everyone's just like, Oh, look, another eBay exclusive. And yeah. you know, and they're all gone. And and the the thing that people are like super frustrated about is like when it's when it's Target or Walmart, it's like like this. And then but Nico will sometimes do, or Neck. I'm not actually sure how you pronounce it. They they will sometimes do GameStop exclusives. GameStop knows how to handle pre orders and they don't have all these problems. And people are like, Why don't you just do them all through them? Like <laughs> you know, it's
5: well, it's, I mean, even it's even with mess. with um Mattel. I mean, they revitalized the Jurassic Park toy line in a huge way. I mean, truly, I I will say, out of like with this new trilogy, the best thing to come out of it is, in a way, is having dinosaur toys on the shelves, like yeah, like in between. You know, this like this is this is all like the most recent Jurassic uh, Mm -hmm. World toys and stuff, like. The idea that there are like dinosaur toys on the shelves at Target again, like is such it a like It makes childhood. me so
3: happy. It, it's so
5: <laughs> great. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest legacies of Jurassic World is Mattel getting the license from Hasbro because Hasbro bungled it so badly for Jurassic World. Yeah. Um, But they, I mean, but it also, and I don't know, I mean, I'm sure regular Star Wars toys have this too, but it's just like Toys R Us was going to get an exclusive line, but then Toys R Us went, you know, went under. So it's like weirdly like, Certain exclusive toys only show up on shelves in like Brazil and stuff, and it's like, you know, I mean, I I know, I know, I know, I know a handful of toy collectors and stuff in the Jurassic community where it's like, you know, they're shipping, you know, trying to find stuff on eBay from Mexico and stuff, and it's just like, this is so,
3: yeah, you know, frustrating when you have you have a market for it, but they make it so complicated. Yeah.
4: Now correct me if I'm wrong, just because I don't collect them in the dinosaur stuff. They release like a ginormous like T Rex and. Brontosaurus, right? Yeah. They're yeah. like something. Do you, do you, did you pick those up? This is like, I, I would assume this oh, is like... Oh, like, Yes. Oh, my God. This is like God. the Millennium Falcon of yes, the Jurassic yes. Park world, right? This, this
5: Brachiosaurus is like... Because they never... Only other than maybe like once where it was like tiny. They've never made a full-size, in-scale sauropod ever for Jurassic
4: yeah. Park. Oh, my toys. goodness. That thing yeah, is I mean, massive. Was, that thing was like people were trying to find, like, surprised when they went into Target and, like, oh, this is still sitting here. Like, <laughs> can't find this anywhere.
5: Yeah, like, no, uh, I mean, well, because that that's the great thing about the Mattel 3.75 line is that, like, all the dinosaurs are in scale with the humans. Oh, wow. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the idea that Mattel, like, it, there's these nice moments in fandom where you truly see that the creators are just as passionate if not more passionate you know where it's like yeah. oh i didn't even think that's something i wanted i truly like when i moved to la and like you know was i, I wasn't really collecting when i like, in, like you know in college it's like i didn't really have the money or the room and when i moved to la trading cards were my big thing like cuz trading cards don't take up that much room although again there's a huge wall of <laughs> trading cards <are, laughs> on open boxes and things but like when yeah like i was like what like as an adult i never thought i was going to collect action figures again and the Mattel Jurassic toy line was just so well done. I just was like, well, I'm just gonna, and I just kept, (laughs) and I just kept getting them. And it's like, now I love toy collecting again in a big way, but I never thought I was going to get back into toy collecting just because I didn't think I would have the space or the, or, or I didn't even realize like how good it could be, you know, in that sense. Although I'm definitely not somebody to buy those like thousand dollar Mac, like Chronicle collectible, like, or like, like, I'm like, I don't like, I love, like I love the Marvel stuff too, but it's like I don't need a Tony Stark statue that is, has more paint like more has like it's more like <laughs> the, the payments are more expensive than my car payments, you know like <laughs> right. I don't know if I need a yeah. figure that much, no. you know
1: yeah. no I have a really important cre- question about this toy line do oh. do the new Jurassic uh toys do they have any dinosaurs where like you, the bite is out of the side like when we were kids oh, like I you loved had like wow. the, as a the kid. spot that you can pull out yeah, where it yeah. looks like they okay.
4: Again, like, <laughs> Keep having
5: <laughs> that situation. <laughs> but yeah, this plesiosaur, like you press it and then. like bad, cool. dude. Okay. Like the dino damage kind of
4: situation oh. here goes. That's like, the that that. one thing I remember. Kid. It's like the old school He Man toys with the chest when you would hit, when they would battle and like hit it and they would flip around. It's so brutal.
5: I was actually just watching, and I had these toys as a kid, but they all disappeared because they would explode into a million pieces. But the crash test dummy toys. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so brutal, but like so cool (laughs) where you just like be in the car and it hit the wall and the toy would just explode.
2: Yeah, I remember those. Dang, there's some nice. great toy lines. There's Barnyard Commandos is one that for me that is Ooh. like super obscure and ridiculous, and they need to re-release those. I might be the only one in line for them, but I, I sure <laughs> do want them. So still on the Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people would chime in on that. That'd be crazy.
1: Shooter or something. Hey, Star Wars friends. It's Josh, your favorite Star Wars friend and the resident John Williams one percenter. Do you want to be a John Williams one percenter like me? Well, here's a piece of John Williams trivia to help you push up your glasses at the other 99%. Did you know that John Williams has 52 Academy Award nominations in his career to date? The only other person with more nominations is some guy named Walter Disney? Never heard of the guy. Make sure to stay on Target and listen to the Star Wars Friends podcast every week for more John Williams content.
0: We hope you're enjoying this interview with podcasting legend Stephen Ray Morris on the Star Wars Friends. Subscribe to the Star Wars Friends for weekly episodes featuring the latest news, in-depth analysis, fan questions, and conversation on all things Star Wars. If you're enjoying the Star Wars Friends, please leave us a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. And make it a great one. Now, back to the Star Wars Friends.
2: I have the hardest hitting question for you of the entire episode prior to our word association game, which we're about to jump into to take us home. But I need to know, because this is incredibly controversial here, not only on the Star Wars friends, but in the (laughs) Star Wars community. So I I know that I kind of said I wasn't going to ask a controversial question.
4: Controversial with Josh.
2: It's only controversial with one member on the show. (laughs) So um, you kind of gave us a little sneak peek. Unknowingly, earlier in the episode, and I didn't want to. Josh caught it, but uh, I didn't want to really hammer in on it yet. Very
0: happy.
2: Very happy. (laughs) Okay, we need to know what is your pronunciation of the all-terrain armored transport? Uh,
5: I it's atat. It's it's capital letters. The
1: dynamite. Capital letters.
5: If it was, I I think that's a -A upper uppercase A, lowercase T.
1: Well I always say an ATST would then be an at and it's not. No, you know? it's an ATST. It's an and ATST, in
2: yeah.
5: my humble yeah. opinion. I mean, I just you're don't wrong, it's, but that's okay. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> well it's right. just interesting because you're right, like nobody they don't say they don't say the words in the movies. No. Right? No They're but Imperial
1: they Walkers and Chicken Walkers. They never yeah, say Imperial the actual- Walker. Yeah. They say <laughs> Imperial Walker, yeah.
5: So it's even funny, like how did we even know what was it because of the toy as a kid? Like did where did yeah, we learn? It's the actually names?
2: from the commercial. It's from the old yeah. Kenner commercial. Yeah. Even oh, in what it, The
3: Mandalorian, did they just call it an ATST? Like they didn't like they Oh, interesting. I'd have to go back to and go back and to it. watch it's that. Kara yeah. Kara says it, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't know.
5: Interesting. It's interesting what gets actually named in movies and what doesn't, you know, like <laughs> there was like somebody was talking about Lord of the Rings and it's like The only person who says Galadriel's name is herself, you know, like it's stuff like that. We're just like, this is so we it's because we're so engrossed in it. You know, it's like, how do you know? I mean, you know, some people didn't like Fallen Kingdom because no, 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 nobody said the dinosaurs names out loud. Do they need to? Uh, Well, I mean, that's weird. Well, I think unlike a lot of other like franchises and other movies, I think a a, a part of why people love Jurassic Park is there's sort of an educational element to mm. it of like learning mm-hmm. about dinosaurs, and so one thing that I think some people are disappointed by is the fact that they don't like that's a stick eye like Here's a fact. Like it's it's very like artificial, but it's sort of a hallmark of the original Jurassic Park, you know, to some extent. So it's like. You know, some people were just, that was like a gripe. I saw some people being yeah. like, well, nobody, like, nobody's like, that's Nalosaurus, you know, you know, <laughs> n- nobody does stuff like that in that movie. And right. people are kind of like annoyed because it's like, yeah, one of the reasons why some people love the original Jurassic Park is because you actually learn about dinosaurs. Ah,
2: that would make sense. <clears throat> okay. That makes sense.
5: So that's a very specific, like, fandom gripe that i like you know like again like we were talking about before there's all these very specific little things that we all have but it's that's what that's what's so fun to
1: talk about i that, mean so. i think
3: that's not dissimilar to people in the star wars fandom who are very specific about ship classes mm. and like having mm. the ships mentioned and what kind all of them are in the galaxy so i think that's not <laughs> too far off from that yeah yeah like yeah. hyper specific gripes
2: I have many of them and you can hear them all on the Star Wars Friends podcast. Uh go back and listen. All right, so you are team ATAT. I'll put that in the record books. That's okay. Uh <laughs> like Stephen Ray a Morris now?
5: ATAT? I got it. What, what's it? What's it leaning? What's the spread right now? Add oh, at it. I'm sure. losing. Yeah, yeah. at it. Oh, at really? Sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah.
2: And it's a, it's a dominating race. I you know I just want to point that out, Josh. But it's uh, it's okay. It's starting to the scale's starting to tip a little. Bit. It really, it actually is. It really is. Um, hey man, a lot of people go to Nickelback concerts and they still suck. <laughs> Doesn't mean that they're Jeez. right. Shots fired. Did they really put that yeah. tweet out? The other day, that they said that they were going to put out a new album in 2020 because it can't get any worse or something like oh, that. No. I have no idea. Yeah, oh I, I don't
3: know. There's been a lot of bad tweets here lately. From a bands. lot of
5: bad tweets. Look, uh, the Mash
3: Mouth was on my nerves yesterday.
5: Ugh. Like, there's there's something about being self deprecating, but it's like, look, you don't need to kick your, your own self <laughs> down. Come on, guys. Like, let's be a little bit nicer to ourselves. It was a brutal I mean, tweet.
3: Look at you, this photograph. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a brutal tweet. You might have to go back and look at it. All right. Here we are. We're here at the Star Wars Friends Word Association game. This is a game we play with every guest. We love to – there's no winners or losers, but you have to beat 15 if you want to beat author oh. – established Star Wars author Jason Fry. Um, oh, wow. That's where he he and Kevin Cabral – Kevin Cabral, voice actor, he, he finished with 19 – our own Maggie Lovett is at the tops with 28. When she was a guest on this show, she got through 28. Dominic Pace, actor from The Mandalorian, uh, what is he? He's not in second place, but he's listed in second place. Uh, who's in second place here? Is that uh, Lauren? Lauren? Lauren from, yeah, Lauren from the Galactic like, um, Podcast.
1: Yeah. Uh, also um, on the team ATAT. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's
2: true. That's <laughs> well,
1: true. Alice. Alice from Force oh, she Alice She got from 27. We gotta, I don't have them in order. I just put them
4: down as <laughs> we do our It's just a jumble. Thing, yeah, so. it's like yeah. hieroglyphics. I'm, tr- I'm working my way through. Um,
2: so you have to, in order to win, you just got to participate. But if you oh, wanted to go for the record, uh, that wins. is 28.
3: Dethrone me. Yes. This wow. is <laughs> a
2: classic, classic word association game. I'm going to play some of this music behind you. Ooh, a little I bit of, uh, yeah, a little cantina organ music here. And you have 1 minute and twenty one minute and 30 seconds to get through as many words as possible. Now, all we ask for is just first thing that comes to mind. Could be a word, could be a sound, could be a phrase, Uh, but whatever it is. I don't have any
5: more coffee, damn it. (laughs)
2: I'll be okay. I'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be okay. Uh, Are you ready to go, Steven? Yes. All right. In five, four, three, two, TIE Fighters. Watto. Princess Leia.
5: Carrie Fisher, Boba Fett, Jeremy Bullock, A-Wings, uh, Brian Johnson, Chewbacca,
2: <laughs> Riff Tamsin, uh, Cool Guy, Ahsoka Tano, Jedi, Finn, Rey, E-Web Repeating Blasters, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> DL-44 Blaster, uh, Robot, Kathleen Kennedy, Star Wars. Mara Jade Skywalker.
5: The baddest bitch on the block. Sorry, that's too many words. Yes,
2: yes. Wicked.
5: Whoa, uh, uh, Willow. Disney Plus. Uh, Disneyland. Kazuna Ziono. Uh, uh, McClunky. (laughs) AP5. Uh, uh, R2D2. Baby Yoda. The Child. IG11. IG-88.
2: Shmi Skywalker. Blue Milk. Mandalorians.
5: Uh, Mandalore. Attack of the Clones. Episode 2. Ewoks. Uh, Logs.
2: Han Solo.
5: TIE Fighter. Mon Mothma. Uh,
2: Deleted scene. We'll give it to you. We'll we'll come on Mothma. (laughs) Dude. Yeah, you got through quite a bit. Um,
1: We'd have to add these up. You definitely rolled through
2: twenty-four. Tw- was it twenty-four?
1: Oh, dude, that's still pretty impressive. But she was cooking. I don't. I don't know how yeah. Maggie got to twenty-eight. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> because that I was mean,
3: really fast.
1: I mean, to be fair, some she of his
5: words. Some of those, some of those words I just said, variation on the same word, going from ig <laughs> to Ig8. So I, I feel like the
3: Mandalorian,
5: Mandalore.
3: <laughs> yeah, I feel
5: like the work was halfway done with me with, that, with the with one or two of those. Well, I was the Mo- there, I
3: was like, he's going to dethrone me.
5: <laughs> yeah,
4: was the Rift Tamson cool guy? <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I like, couldn't
5: uh, could
2: remember who, who that was though. It was was shark,
4: I, the shark. The shark guy. guy. From Clone Wars. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, car- yeah, 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 yeah. Car- car- car-
2: that might be the most. Uh, to be fair, Rift Hampson might be the most obscure one we've had in this game yet. So you definitely I handled I tried it to with mix grace. It up a little bit. Yeah, you went right <laughs> through it. You just handled it like a pro and just was like, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> well,
5: I, I, mean, I keep hearing about the Schmodown down and some of the questions they ask oh, on that, yeah. and it's just like, oh my god, I could not imagine. No, like some of the obscureness of that is is wild.
2: Yeah, I agree. I've done I've done Star Wars trivia night as a as a diehard. Clearly, I host a diehard Star Wars podcast. I am I'm like middle of the road on Star Wars trivia because some of the questions are like just bizarre, bizarre, obscure, like obscure to be obscure.
5: And with with, uh, with Jurassic Park trivia is easy. I've done two Jurassic Park trivia nights. Uh, the easiest like. The thing with Star Wars or with Jurassic Park trivia is a hard question is basically a question that's not from the original movie.
2: Oh, okay. (laughs) With the
5: way, you know, just with if you're going to a bar and people are there, it's like if you just ask a question about like, you know, name uh, what was the sauropods? uh, What was the sauropod in the Lost World? Like, that's that's already a tough question for people who pretty much just like the original movie. Yeah, it's Mammenchisaurus, but.
3: Yeah. Not to flex or anything. Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) I give it up to the Schmodown participants. Uh, We know a few of them here on the Star Wars Friends. So that is, yeah, that's intense. It's intense. (laughs) So, Steven, would you mind hanging with us for just a few minutes as we take this thing home?
5: Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, cool. You're all
0: clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. i got a really good feeling about this.
5: Man,
2: this was a blast, dude. Steven,
5: this, this is great, so man. <laughs> Ugh, I never get to talk about Star Wars on any, you know, on a podcast. This has been such a such a blast. Yeah.
2: You are welcome back anytime. If you ever anytime. want to just expound on uh, you have a thought about Star Wars, you you want to just send us in a voice memo. Like, man, you, yeah, yeah. you're such a well-rounded um, person as far in, in all of your fandoms. And it was fascinating for me getting an education about Jurassic Park on a Star Wars <laughs> Friends podcast. I mean, really. Um, so I appreciate that, but you are an absolutely fascinating person and we were so glad to have you on today's show. What would you like to promote? What would you like to shout out to our Star Wars Friends audience? Where can they find all of your work?
5: Sure. I mean, you can always follow me on Twitter and Instagram, uh, at Steven Ray Morris. That's a Steven with a V and, uh, Ray with a Y, not an E. Art. <laughs> <laughs> and when I dressed up as as Ray for Halloween one year, it's like, oh well, I already have her name in my name, so it just makes it all the all the better. Uh, and then yeah, see Jurassic Right. You can listen to that uh, see Jurassic Right podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And then yeah, the Percast. If you like cats, we have had uh, Amy Ratcliffe on, awesome, um, yeah. and we've had uh, Lindsay Roman on who write about Star oh, Wars. Yeah. for both awesome. of them, you know, I write. They both write for Nerdist and and we've had lots of Maleficent, you know, debates and stuff about if cats are canon in the Star Wars universe. I know a lot of
2: cats,
5: but regular cats, too. So Star Wars comes up a lot. We actually did, um, if, if uh, your listeners want to look this up, but we did it every year we do an April Fool's episode where we pick a different animal to talk about. And the year that Last Jedi came out, or April Fools after Last Jedi came out, we did a whole episode on Porgs because my buddy Dax does an amazing Mark Hamill. Oh, thank you. Uh, He does an amazing Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker impression. Like he can jump between Mark Hamill and Luke Skywalker. (laughs) And then my friend, then my friend uh, Heather. She's Nerd Heather on on Twitter. She's the one who like uh, invited me to see Rise of Skywalker. She's a big Star Wars person too, and has written for a lot of those like. Peak and sundry, and Sci-Fi Wired and stuff. Uh, she uh, she was like a poor documentarian. Oh, so, we did a, so, so our our animal for that April Fool's episode was Porgs, and uh, I'm just sad they weren't in Rise of the Skywalker. But uh, those are about the the per-cast is the per cast breakdowns. So if you want to check it out. Yeah. No. Seriously, I'm gonna. I'm actually going to recommend that to my fiance.
2: Well, as I mentioned earlier, we are uh, cat lovers. Uh, We love cats, so I can't wait to check that out. Uh, This has been great, for real. Thank you. like um, I love that you're a collector. I love that you know obscure, expanded universe lore okay, and that yes. you are a pure fan at heart and that speaks volumes to not only us but hopefully to our Star Wars friends around the world that listen to this show. So thank you, Stephen. This is this has been a blast. Uh, if any of you are listening, uh, please leave, leave us a review. Let us know how the show went. Let us know what you thought of today's episode. That'd be fantastic. You can hit us up on social media on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at SWFriendShow. You can mail the show show at star you can find my private twitter profile at no one is chris where
4: can
1: they find the rest of you at this is josh and i am on instagram and twitter at battle of tanab
4: I'm justin you can find me on twitter at i am the Bendu.
3: and this is maggie and you can find me at maggie of the town on twitter that's
4: right
2: So with that being said, I hope everybody has a fantastic day wherever you are. Wear a mask. Be nice to others. Be super cool. Uh, We love hearing from you, so please drop us a line. Connect with us. Participate in our polls. They're super fun. And, uh, hey, we're going to end this just like we always do. May the force be with you.
3: Always.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Hey, friends, don't forget to subscribe to the Star Wars Friends podcast and leave an awesome review on whichever podcast app you're listening on. Catch up on past episodes, fun interviews, and more at StarWarsFriends.com. Connect with the Star Wars Friends on social media at SWFriendsShow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at show at StarWarsFriends.com. Thanks for listening, and as always, may the Force be with you.